Your actions have disgraced our family. Tell me how sleeping with Jim Gordon, the man who killed your brother, helped reclaim Gotham. I'm sorry, what? A cop like that who killed your brother. Forget that man and find another. Mario would roll over, roll over in his grave. A boy like that brought our family sorrow. We'll be back in Miami tomorrow. You brought me such shame. Your choice was insane. A cop who kills cannot love. A cop who kills has no heart. And he's the cop who gets your love. Shot your brother in the heart. Very smart, Sophia. Very smart. A cop like that wants one thing only. And when he's done, he'll leave you lonely. He'll murder your son, he murdered mine. Just wait and see, just wait, Sophia, just wait and see. You know why I came when Penguin called? It's because you were going to lose. Well, Sophia Falcone, it's time for you to go home. I called your dad to get you last night. Ding dong, the old man's dead. Which old man? The weak old man. Ding dong, Don Falcone is dead. Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the Batman Universe. Check out the Batman Universe for this and many other great Batman podcasts. I'm Josh, and joining us is... This is Donovan. This is Jan. And this is Dustin. Dustin, the editor-in-chief of the Batman Universe, uh, by popular demand, mostly our popular demand, and Jan's too, is joining us to talk the mid-season finale, Queen Takes Night. So, uh... This uh, th- this week, uh, lots of stuff happening. Falcone, weak old man, comes back and uh, goes quietly into the good night as his daughter, you know, like says, "Can you just stand over here while I pick some flowers?" You know, right by that sniper. I don't see why yet. not. <laughs> <laughs> all, yes, all quietly. Right. All right, Sophia, but but we gotta hurry. Matlock's on in like five minutes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> 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 Spoilers. So, yeah. He dies. Yeah, spo- spoilers, he dies, and, you know, and uh, Sophia, you know, in, in a wheelchair, you know, continues to try and goad Penguin and Gordon against each other, to which uh, Gordon finally, you know, arrests Penguin for the murder of Martine, because Zaz, betrayal, thy name is Zaz, top ten anime betrayals once again. <laughs> uh, he's alive, Jan. <laughs> in fact, like... He's not only alive, he's apparently still a plot point, so there's that, you know? And then Gordon, like, and then Gordon goes to tell Sophia to cut out all this crime stuff, and then Pig shows up. He's like, ah, Sophia, look out, it's Pig. I am actually on her side. I don't know what you mean, but Sophia, you gotta run Pig's here. She's like, no, 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 Jim, he's working with me. I don't follow what you're saying. And, like, half an hour later, after ex- after explaining it, he's, she's like, and now this is all revenge for you killing my brother Mario. Mario? Yeah, you know, that doctor that treated you last year? Oh, yeah, how is old Mario? <laughs> He's dead! <laughs> who's the, who's the slime ball that killed Mario? Let me at him. Like, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Here's a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> 
so it turns out that like she's been planning everything, including Professor Pig, and you know, homeless cop is in a tough position of does he do the right thing and like you know lose everything he's worked for or keep his mouth shut, you know, knowing that he's living a lie. While all that's being complicated, you know, Tabitha's beating you know Butch's head and trying to make him remember everything, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't work until the final scenes of the episode. Uh, couples therapy continues to fail for Bruce and Alfred as like. Bruce cans him divorce papers and kicks him out of the house after Alfred, you know, does a little bit of domestic violence, you know, slapping Bruce in the face. Uh, what, what else? What else happened? Oh, yeah. Jerome shows up at the end. You know, he's going to be working with Penguin in the second half of the yeah, season. Yeah, Penguin sent to uh, Arkham Asylum for the second time. Yeah, well, be, because he was raving like a madman when they arrested him, I actually heard, like, a Burgess Meredith, like, rah, rah, as they were like, <laughs> Awesome. I, I'm, I'm not even joking. It's um the first time when he goes to the GCBD where he's like, who's going to work with me? Who, who? And then like Alvarez or whoever it is is like, can I get him out of here? Yeah, sure. And like when they drag him out, that's when he's like squawing and everything wah, like that. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I think yeah. that that's like all the basic plots of the episode. Like the sirens are there, but they, you know, really don't don't do much. But, you know, like get tied to a chair and Barbara representing all of us like doing a flat what when she finds out that um <laughs> you really <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> there's no honor in sleeping with your brother's killer wait what <laughs> <laughs> no he oh, said yeah. james gordon first so she was like going what <laughs> a cutscene is really vomiting <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh why would she vomit <laughs> Oh, th- there is like one plot line that's like barely advanced. There's like a scene of um Corey Michael Smith yelling at the mirror, and it's like you're in love with Lee. No, I'm not, and that's all that we're gonna deal with this this week. You oh, know, it's like that, Grundy- yeah. Grundy's in the back. Yeah, I forgot about that too. That was like oh, it- Grundy is so cute. That that was a deleted scene, basically. That like they didn't delete it. It did nothing to the advance the pretty plot except AD. Not pretty. No, I think it's just a setup for the next uh, the next half of the season. But, I mean, not, not to get too much into the discussion before we actually do the discussion, but, like, did just a quick quick like, did that scene do anything that last week's scene of it, you know, didn't do? I think it's just no. a con- continuity. Yeah. So, it, we, nothing was lost again. So, what did you all think of the episode? And since he hasn't been here in a while, let's start with Dustin. Okay, well, so the last time I was here on the Gotham Chronicle, it was May 2016, end of season two. And honestly, uh, I know I because I haven't been here, I'm just going to catch up everybody on my thoughts of the series as a whole. I feel as if... Uh, I would be angry if you didn't. <laughs> yes, I, I feel as if uh, midway uh, through the first part of season three, um, they kind of jumped the shark completely. Um, and then now the, the shark is way in the rearview mirror as we get into season four here. Um, but basically, I, I'm still watching the show kind of like because I feel it's like a necessity to watch the show specifically because it is a Batman related show and I run a Batman related site. So I am obligated by necessity to to watch the show. I watch a lot of TV in general. I appreciate well-written dramas. I, I don't watch very many comedies. Um, this show is, is, is basically borderline, borderline um, comedy just because of how much 
over-the-top, ridiculous camp there is in this show. But that all being said, you know, the thing is, there's certain aspects of the show that I can appreciate. There are certain things that they have done. Like, I'll admit, you know, everything that they've actually done with Solomon Grundy up until this episode, I actually really enjoyed and thought that they were doing it well. I mean, like, did I like the idea of Butch Gilzine becoming Solomon Grundy? Uh, not not necess- not immediately when they initially you know said that that was what was going to happen, but I went with it because I like the character of Solomon Grundy, and I think everything that they've done up until the point where he just miraculously remembers who he is at the end of this episode, it worked well and it made perfect you know it it worked well for anybody who likes Solomon Grundy. Meanwhile, there's other characters like Riddler who keeps flopping back and forth. And then you've got other characters like Leslie Tompkins who uh, they don't know what to do. They don't have any clue what to do with her character. And it's like they're trying to get somewhere. But every time they they start to go in a direction, it immediately veers in the the complete opposite direction. So that's what's really annoying about this is that there's so many characters that flip-flop. And most of the time you get very little to no explanation as to why they're changing or – you know what, what the sudden reason behind them having such drastic changes. Perfect example would be Barbara Gordon, uh, Barbara Keene. That is sorry, Barbara Keene at the beginning of, or at the end of last season was dead. She somehow comes back to life. We're assuming that it had something to do with the Lazarus pit. Um, they, they, they did confirm that there was a line of dialogue where uh, where Ross says, "When I bathed you in the Lazarus pit." Okay, so yeah, yeah it, that, that's the problem with watching a show you're not super interested in, is you sometimes miss, <laughs> miss small details. Um, Pure savagery. The small ones. But, um, well, he, but he said it like, like very, very, as a matter of factly. Like it, it was very easy to miss. Yeah, so it's basically like we were saying this just so that there's no question. Um, but yeah, so that that happened. But then they never really explained. So then Ra's al Ghul dies, and she immediately is like, "Well, I'm just going to give this all up." And it takes Tabitha and Selena to basically convince her to. Well, it was mostly Selena, but to convince her to, you know, team up together. But there's no re- real explanation as to why she was with Raz in the first place. Um, I mean, was. what was the no, what was the explanation? Really. He said, like, okay, it was a stupid reason, but he said, like, I needed someone with, like, connections or something like that. He needed her to be the eyes and ears of Gotham, but that was, like... But it, how much like with the was whole... she really the eyes and ears of Gotham? His storyline got wrapped up so quickly in the beginning of the season that, like, there was no time for her to really be his eyes and ears. Like, there was a couple small situations where she was involved in things that he was... You know, that he eventually, like, the whole the auction that, that she was involved in trying to get the, oh, yeah. the knife on his behalf. Okay, fine. And then the involvement with Bruce Wayne leading up to him getting involved with Bruce Wayne. That all tied it together, but it was, like, so loose. And it just comes across as force when you're, you're putting these characters together just for the sake of having them together. They killed Barbara, but they didn't want to keep her dead, so they tie her together with Ra's al Ghul and who has the perfect explanation of someone being able to come back to life just for the sake of being able to take a character that they killed to bring back to life. And honestly, as much as I love what they've done with Solomon Grundy, the Indian Hill st- stuff has, has completely been overused. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm so sick and tired of the explanation of these characters that they insist on keep killing being brought by some horrible thing that Indian Hill dreads. It's up like the fifth person brought back to life or whatever. Indian Hill is like the meteor freaks of uh, Smallville. Yeah. 
I mean, like, it's just annoying. I'm just, or the particle I'm, I'm accelerator watching, from Flash. <laughs> and I'm watching, I'm watching this episode and thinking to myself, as Gordon kills Pig, well, how long is it going to be before they decide no, so, to bring? So, so Sophia back? killed Pig. Oh, right. That's right. Sorry. That's right. He, she, she killed Pig for the sake of uh, her being to being able to hold it over Gordon. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so how long is it before Pig comes back to life? I mean, like. The the thing that bugs me is when they decide to kill off the villains that you know should be alive when Bruce becomes Batman. And even if you want to try to say – I mean I, I, I put this in my mind when I try to make this all make sense is that this isn't having anything to do with the comics. It's just them using the characters and has, and they're not trying to follow any storyline – not that oh, there Lord, is an no. established story or anything, but there, it, it's but like any time. <laughs> think of it like an Elseworlds. Exactly, and I try. That's the way I try to explain it to myself as I'm watching and thinking how horrible it is. But <laughs> but the, but the reality of it is when I'm when when I'm watching the the show and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, why are they killing a character that normally would be alive? Like you took the character because the character exists in the Batman universe when Batman exists. And you've decided to plop him in here years before Bruce becomes Batman just for the sake of having the character on the show. Because quite honestly, this show would have never been successful to the degree, the minuscule degree that it has been successful if it wasn't for them introducing these villains that would have never appeared if it wasn't for Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. I mean, like that's arguable too in in plenty of communities, fan communities as well, as whether or not Bruce actually, or you know, Batman actually brought these villains to Gotham or not, or his presence. <laughs> I guess he didn't. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to like go into that debate by oh, any yeah. means. But I'm just saying, like, the thing is, these villains in Gotham are here just for the sake of being here. So it's almost as if the presence of the villains will force Batman or Bruce Wayne to become Batman just to deal with the villains. I mean, that's the way the show is portraying it, which is really annoying. But the thing is, you know. There's every time they kill a character, and I just keep thinking to myself, so how much, how long is it going to be before? Because they've killed so many characters over the course of the last three and a half years that they, you know, that they end up bringing back a year later, a year and a half. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, um, I will say that um, I'm watching the show. There's, there's like very few things I'm enjoying about it, but in general, um, yeah, I mean, Especially this season with the overuse of the crazy blood splatter on the camera. That is by far one of the most annoying things that this show has been doing (laughs) that I cannot stand. I actually not noticed that. Yeah, like anytime anybody slices somebody's neck or bashes their head in, there's blood that splatters everywhere. And it somehow always ends up on the camera. (laughs) there's a horror trope that I despise with because it does, because it's stupid. I mean, like there's nobody actually there. They're just doing it for the sake of, (laughs) the first time I ever noticed that was in robo war, which is like a Bruno Matai, uh, predator ripoff. But, uh, (laughs) that's when the guy spat actually into the camera. But I I think like when fish tore her eye out, there was blood on the camera. I, I, I have seen it before, but I've not noticed it lately. Yeah, it might have been before, but it just feels like it's happening a lot. I, it happened um, It happened a couple different times just in the last few episodes because it was really annoying to me. <laughs> Wait, when Sal- Sal- the McGregor thing- ripped the guy's arm off, did it happen then? 
Oh, when, when Grundy ripped the guys, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yeah, yourself. That yeah, that actually probably was that. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was a bunch of sequences when they were doing that the show is, you know, on a downward turn, um, at least as far as the channel that it's airing on Fox. Um, <laughs> there was two small things that I noticed just uh, that, that I found super annoying and proof positive that the PR team slash publicity team whoever they are behind promoting the show um, are not doing their jobs well. The official description for this week's episode um, spelled the name Sophia incorrectly in the episode description, but then in the credits actually had it spelled correctly. So it's like they didn't take the time to make sure that they spelled Sophia's name correctly. That was super annoying because I was like, did they somehow suddenly change the (laughs) spelling of her name? For some unknown reason, that I that I miss something. I'm sure, she, someone got she, fired she, for that blunder. Yeah, but then the, not not just that, but even a worser one because not everybody obviously is going to see the the official episode description. The the more uh, prominent one was if you actually start the rec- I, I I don't watch Gotham live. Trust me when I say there's no way I could watch this show live. Um, but when I when I was watching the show uh, on my DVR and I hit play, you know how they always you know they always start the episode with you know the voiceover guy with this the the viewer Fox. discretion is advised. Yeah. Viewer discretion yeah. is advised, and it's like now a new episode of Gotham on Fox. Well, the the beginning voiceover actually said, and now the season finale of Gotham. It did say the season finale, yes. and I was well, like, I was like really I, confused. <laughs> And I kept thinking to myself, I know that this show is coming back because I already had seen at that point the trailer for the spring return. I'm sitting here thinking, how could they possibly – how did this get past as many people as it probably has to get past for them to make this kind of mistake? I mean you don't have to say mid-season finale if you don't need, if you don't want to. You could have just rolled with the other the fall voiceovers that you used in the Noble Week. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's mind-boggling. The official description described it as the mid-season finale. That's the way they described it. So I figured it, they meant to, they, the, whoever was editing it and put it together thought, hey, they must have said mid-season, but they didn't actually listen, and then it turned into that. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> oh, no, I'm with you. I was, like, super confused, too. I was like, um... Thought there was like a whole second half coming. Yeah. I guess not. I guess okay. Starring the, Sophia the, with a P. The, the the thing that I'll quickly add about the PR team is that um you know there's there's two kind of things that handle because it, like it's it's pre- produced by uh, Warner Brothers and like they have a PR guy that handles it and um and a, and another person in that department and then Fox has their own PR for the show too and I will say at least with Fox's PR um. Um, I, I'm not sure if I should say any names here, but one person in their PR department has been a very good friend to the website and uh, and to the podcast. So I, I at least appreciate them in that sense. If only they knew how to spell. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure she's not the one that handles it. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I mean, I'm sure there's a, a bunch of different people who may not even be working on everything on a normal basis. But the one thing I will say, the one plus side about this season that I've outside of like some of the depictions of some of the characters that is the one thing that I appreciate is the fact that they actually aired more episodes before the season, the mid season finale or the giant break that they will inevitably take um, because they take it every year, you know, in the past, in the, in the past seasons, they normally only do about eight episodes and then they go into the mid season break and then they come back in like January for like four episodes 
or three episodes or whatever, and then they come back for the remaining group of the the stuff during April and May for sweeps and things like that. This year, however, they actually aired 11 episodes, which is exactly half of the season. So it really was a full mid-season break. And then they promoted that the show's coming back in the spring, which means I'm guessing the show's not actually going to be back on air until probably the end of March, early April at the very earliest, just because there's probably some other show that Fox has for that time slot to take place in January and February and the majority of March, probably like a 11 or, you know, 10 episode miniseries or whatever that they've got planned. But I'm, I appreciate the fact that they're not doing what they've done in the past where they allowed more episodes to air because it gives the, the, at least it gives the writers the ability to tell as crappy of a story as they'd like to tell with more hours and minutes to do that with compared to having to cram it so much and then get stuck only telling like a three or four episode story arc that, you know, in the, the middle of winter like they've done in the, in the past couple of years. So I appreciate that aspect of it. What do you think about this episode as like, you know, uh, like it's separate from like, you know, your thoughts on the last like 12 and a half months. Like, did you have a good impression of this episode as a whole or? Well, so like if I were speaking specifically of this episode, I mean, like there was there was parts that I enjoyed. I I I mean, like going through some of the the different storylines that you mentioned, like the Solomon Grundy stuff with Tabitha. I thought it was kind of ridiculous. I thought that the fact that he. uh he eventually gets to the point where, you know, he's now confused as to what the heck happened to him because she hits him in the head. Like the idea that that's the way she thinks is going to get through to him is a little far fetched to begin with. I mean, I guess she's trying to use the explanation that he said tabby when they were fighting in the ring. But it was that, that the idea of her kidnapping Grundy is a little ridiculous, too. He has breaking out of multiple different ways of you know being contained in the past but somehow sits in the chair the entire time he's getting his face smashed with a pipe while he has bruises popping up on his face and he has basically no desire to break out of the chair and stop her from hitting him in the face yeah um but i mean like i know i know you normally go through each story point like individually so i'll just say like as a whole I mean, there was there was parts that were interesting. Um, there wasn't any like major surprises. I would say the biggest surprise was actually that Professor Pig was working with Sophia because I didn't actually see that coming. Called it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. So that was a that was a surprise to me. But like, I thought the the probably the worst moment of the entire episode was Gordon not realizing that Sophia was the one that had her father killed. That was probably the most annoying thing because I kept thinking to myself, if it's not Sophia, who would it be? It's not Penguin. Like Agreed. It, there was no way. Like, I'm sorry. But Robin <laughs> it's Lord Fish Taylor finally not, getting her revenge from season one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Robin Lord Taylor is – he can act very well in certain scenes. But when he's trying – like when they did the scene where he's saying to Saz, honestly, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Like honestly, he, he if he's saying he wants to take credit for what happened but he's trying to hide from Zaz 
or he's trying to admit to Zaz that he was that he had nothing to do with the situation. It should have worked out a little bit differently where he could have said, listen, I had nothing to do with it. But that doesn't mean like he should have played a little bit more sneaky or something like that, where there could have at least been the disbelief that he could have been involved in some way. Like he's trying to just play it off as I have nothing to do with it because he doesn't want to upset Zaz because Zaz was attached to Falcone in the past. But at the same time, that entire sequence came across as like, this is not what you would expect Penguin to be doing. He's like, you know, saying his hands are clean and he had nothing to do with it. But why wouldn't he want to take the blame for something like that? He just took down Falcone. He he has betrayed and gone against words and promises in the past with other people. So why would he have any desire to sit there and make it seem like he didn't have anything to do with it other than the Zaz situation? So, yeah. Well, and, and also because there was no honor in killing Falcone. He was, like, dying anyway, and he was retired in Miami, a.k.a. Cuba, Florida. Yeah. Cuba, Florida. Uh, Jan, what, or, what were you – did you like this episode? Yes. Right. Don't be coy. <laughs> Very elaborate. Very elaborate. <laughs> well, it... she She's awestruck because Dustin's here. It's true. No. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, I kind of – I I can't I can't take this show as seriously as you guys do. <laughs> you know that there are like certain things I will lose my shit over, like that whole Rachel Ghoul thing. Um, or Martine. Martine. Okay, sorry. Uh, but no, I got what I wanted out of this episode. Okay. Which was um, uh, Butch getting his memory back at the end. I don't care how he got it. I don't care. <laughs> That's what I was here for. But um, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. No, sorry. But um, yeah, I couldn't. I'm with Dustin on the whole because I was like staring at it. Like the only thing that makes sense is that it was Sophia, and then um, like Penguin literally gains nothing from this. He gained he gained nothing in that situation at all. In fact, it makes it more difficult for him because then Sophia's not being kidnapped anymore. Back to Florida. Yeah, because he called Falcone there to pick up Sophia, so it just didn't make sense to me. Um, I really did like the whole scene with the sirens. That was a fun little scene. I did like the scene with Ed because, um, I don't know, for me it was like kind of like a tick of a reminder of like a step to what's going to happen in the next season instead of just having like nothing there. Uh, I mean, it didn't need to happen, but for me it just was – it just worked for me. Uh, what else was there? And also, Bullock. like, yes, Bullock was there. I was super excited when I saw him. I'm always excited when I see him because we see him less and less these days, and it makes me upset. Uh, yeah, I love the Bruce and Alfred stuff too, and I do love that you get to see like Bruce's downward spiral because that, like I said, like I really hated that whole race thing, but like how they're handling it to me feels really good. I like, I, th- I like this. I like this episode. I think it's good. Um, some of the stuff that happened honestly wasn't as shocking to me as I think it was to you, Josh. Like, um, I've always kind of like, you know, been like clock watching when Falcone's going to die in this show because he's been increasingly irrelevant since the end of the first season. Like he appeared like in one episode, I think in season two and then a couple of times in season three. So like when he died, I w- it wasn't like, Oh, a major character is gone. It was like, okay, finally, <laughs> um, it was interesting though because it did have ripple effects in the in the plots. Although 
I wasn't necessarily saying why isn't it obvious to Gordon that Sophia did it, but I was thinking to myself that you know it's so obvious that she could have done it. Then like they're not really presenting any other culprit behind that. Um, but it, it was interesting to watch, and especially like the kind of penguin and Zaz stuff was interesting. Uh, the that was a surprise. Well, yeah, the biggest surprise yeah. for me was legitimately when Zaz sold out Penguin. I, I honestly didn't see that coming and, and laughed. Um, but the, the Tabitha and Gurney stuff was, was all right. Like, I, I agree with Dustin. It doesn't really make sense that he can, she can just beat back his memory into him. That's not how the brain works. But at the same time, this is a cartoon. So, <laughs> you know, what, what that, that's what doesn't make sense about Butch being Solomon Grundy. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably the best explanation I've ever heard is that this is a cartoon, so it makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the same guy from like the, the Super Friends and stuff. So, what are you going to do? Um, I honestly I didn't. In the head last season. <laughs> I honestly didn't love the Bruce and Alfred stuff. I, I I agree with Jan that like I like the fact that they are really dealing with the ramifications of what he did to Raish. So they're really digging their heels and committing to that. But I felt that like this this one was wasn't anything else we've not seen before because Bruce has fired Alfred before, and granted, yeah, it, it does mean more here because of all the emotions. But I thought there's just a little bit more investigation to his, his emotional state. It's just no, it's just him continuing to be a douche, and you know, and there's it, it, I, I told you this reminds me of the scene of like from Metalocalypse where like the robot is imagining all these things happening to him, where like the camera just zooms into Bruce looking evilly. He's like, I drink and party with girls. I'm the worst person in the world. Mwahaha. And I was like, okay, wait, wake me up when you do something different with this plot line. Um, but overall, I, I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did, um, but I did enjoy it uh, overall. I like the about 90% of uh, this episode, and it's one of my favorites of the season. Maybe my second favorite just behind um, the um, Orphans Gala like dinner party episode. And mm. it's possible I like this one a little more than that. In terms of like plot line, I feel like this is almost like a spiritual successor to Penguin's Umbrella because the thing about Penguin's Umbrella was there was a lot of stuff that was happening there where you felt like, man, they're like, like, where can the characters possibly go from here? Even though there's been other good episodes of the series like Bruce and uh, Jerome in the Mirror House and the Matches Malone episode, like, those weren't episodes where you would say, like, where can they go from here? And, like, when Penguin's arrested and Gordon's like, the cops aren't corrupt anymore, I have everything I want, like those are moments where I was like, dang, we still have like 20 minutes left in the episode. Like where can we go from here? So I did like that in, in the episode. Um, there, there was stuff I didn't like, which, you know, we'll get into in the plot by plot stuff, but, uh, that's how I felt about, I guess the biggest thing to talk about would be, um, Sophia Falcone and they addressed my biggest complaint about her like this week, which is, you know, this guy killed your brother. He kills your brother. Like, stop sleeping with him. Stop doing this. So I, I still think that her sleeping with him is, like, really stupid. But I'm glad that they tied it back to Mario. That, like, she did all of this to get, like, this revenge on Gordon for, like, Mario's death. And I, I don't Was that revenge? That... Sign me up for another. Yeah. <laughs> Man, do you have any more brothers I could kill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Doesn't she have another one? Like a, a wimpy one? Alberto, yeah. <laughs> He'll be there next season. I'm sure. Alberto <laughs> Luigi Falcone. <laughs> Jason Ritter like posted on like something on my Facebook, and I was like, "Yeah, Gordon's running out of Falcones to kill." And yeah, even though Falcone has not really been much relevance to the show, it was still a big moment for him dying because he has been around since the pilot, and he is Sophia's father. You know, Lee's father-in-law. He has ties to like all these characters, and you know, like I said, he's been around. Oh since my the- god! I'm sorry. Our- our God, we share him. What's up? 
I just realized Lee wasn't at the funeral. Yeah, I, I, I talked about that with Don after we watched the episode on like uh, Thursday night. I was like, Lee didn't go to her father-in-law's funeral. I mean, maybe like, 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 like he was the one that like was going to kill James Gordon, but she says, please don't. And like he didn't. So I, you would think they have some sort of like, you know, affection for each other. This is a tendency that's been happening all season long, and then it happened last season, too, where there's just main characters that just don't appear in the entire episode. It's like a common thing that just keeps happening. Like, how many episodes was Harvey Bullock not in, or you know, just this this season alone? There was a couple episodes where he was the police captain, he wasn't even in the episode. There's this weird tendency (laughs) where they're just letting an, an an actor take an entire episode off because they don't have any way to develop their stories. I think at one point for Donald Logan was legitimately because of his missing daughter, but that that had I know by by this point in the season that had been, uh, uh, you know that that had ended. Um, I think that's that's a good point though that like and they, because I don't know how long this whole Sophia plotline was was put in stone that like she's doing all this because of Mario because because Mario I, I, like like the. The ramifications of like like what Gordon did to Lee and Mario, and then her and how they've written this character, it doesn't feel like it's really well thought out very well. So it does her, the revelation that she's this is all for revenge for her brother kind of feels like an eleventh hour sort of like you know what was it called like like, like Monday Night Quarterbacking or whatever. It, is. It, it feels like the last minute sort of revelation rather well, than the seeds were always there. It, it, it's not just for Mario, but like. I think that it was a three-part plan. Like, you know, she had three goals, which was she wanted to impress her father. She wanted to – she wanted powers and she wanted to prove herself and take over a city. And she's mad at this guy because he killed her brother. So she found a way to, like, accomplish all three goals within one plan. That That's what I think it is. Like, I don't think that, like, Mario's the reason why she, like, went to Gotham City and everything, but – you know, it's a, it's, it's a three birds with one stone type thing. And – from the moment after that Professor Pig at the dinner party episode, I thought that she and Pig might be working together because I was like, you know, they did both come to Gotham at the same time. And just everything that Pig was doing was furthering her goals. Like what Pig did got Bullock fired and got Gordon promoted. And even at the dinner party, um, Professor Pig showing up basically gave Sophia a temporary like reprieve from like Penguin not trusting her. He's like, wow, you were willing to eat human flesh for my like, you know, little friend, you know, I guess I won't kill you after all. You've proved. Well, and Pig also knew Martine's name. He knew like, you know, and uh, and speaking of like little boys, it was like a few weeks ago on like the Ben segment where he said that you and Donovan and your conspiracy theories, Pig is not working with Sophia. Well, take that, Ben. Who was right? Leave me I, honest, I didn't say anything of the sort. I don't. He's the one that said you and Donovan, your conspiracy theories. He he gave Jan a reprieve. He didn't blame it on her, but because <laughs> I said tinfoil hat. Yeah, tinfoil. <laughs> she was playing that long game, man. Yeah, this this, she this, this was. must be the longest scheme anyone's played on this show up to this point. That's true, but it, in some ways, it actually is good because they've been sh- they've been hinting at the fact that she's been playing everybody since she got to Gotham and it's really smart that it did play out as long as it did i mean like i said i was surprised by everything that happened with pig because i didn't see her actually orchestrating that or being involved in it at all so the fact that she was actually involved in it was a surprise to me you know some of the stuff where you know she gets put on the train by gordon and then zaz shows up she said that she saw that the entire time and she had martine as you know as the 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 way to get penguin to to uh basically hand over 
control and things like city. that. Yeah, the, the the keys to the city. I mean, it was basically like she saw all that coming. I was like, well, she's like as far as a tactician, she's pretty freaking good. So I mean, like props to her for like the long game and honestly mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like it's very rare that they actually allow a character to have a long game of anything in this show so you know that's that's definitely something that they changed up this time around i also want to point out that with this episode this is the closest she actually is to her character from dark victory in, in long halloween because she fakes being in a wheelchair even like down to the neck brace um and she was present you know when her father died now in the comic book she she loved her father and Two Face killed uh, Falcone, but um, here, I mean, like I, 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 in in both the comics and in this, like she was there when his, her dad died, and 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 in Dark Victory, not to spoil too much if you've not read it, but like she she is playing a long game in there as well. She is like, a pretty good tactician, so I, I'll agree that like I thought that her the extent of her planning was the last episode where she you know like where when Martine simply blew up, she didn't see that coming, but here it's like no no she 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 planned even more ahead. And not even, I mean, like, because at first, up to this point, I thought, well, she just wants to take over Gotham. She's playing Penguin and Gordon, you know, very predictable, blah, blah, blah. But here, I mean, I, her, killing her father wasn't that big a surprise. I didn't necessarily see yeah, the pig no. thing coming, but the way that she kind of, like, orchestrated. Because no one listens to me. Well, the way that she orchestrated everything to, like, fall in her favor, regardless of how it ended up, that was pretty dang clever. I mean, I mean, I the show. I don't know if the show necessarily played us, but they really kept that close to the vest where the show wasn't obvious with that. I don't really remember any scenes where they, they kind of hinted that. Because we knew that she was trying to make Gordon captain uh, for a while. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily see that she was going to hang that over his head besides, you know, I made you captain and, you know, people believe in you. But uh, that's that's, that's not, not a bad trick. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, it's Crystal Reed. Um she she was either lying to me, you know, and, and is a really good actress, which is possible, or um, the producers didn't tell her what was happening, which makes sense because um, when I interviewed Drew Powell between seasons one and two at Walker StalkerCon, he said that he did not know if Butch was faking his mind control in season one, that like every week when he would get the scripts, he was like, you know, curious and he would have a different theory like, oh, Butch is faking it. Oh, maybe he's not. So and Crystal Reed in the interviews at New York Comic Con, like, she said that, like, she was kind of bothered by the fact that, like, nobody mentions that, like, Gordon killed her brother. And she thought that, like, that that should be a bigger deal. And she actually made a point of saying, she said, I've been using that in my performance, but I don't think that the writers are really acknowledging it. So either they changed their mind or they didn't tell her ahead of time, which, um, given the history of, like, what the other actors have said, that seems like it makes more sense because... Well, we know that, there's, like, there's there, a- there, there, there has been a time... The only time I remember, because w- when we interviewed them... I think it was in 2015, uh, before the show, the season even started, they said, you know, they had plans for uh, the Order of St. Dumas and Mr. Freeze. And that was after the mid... That was, that was that was like in the second half of the season. Like, that was months away. So they do plan things out way in advance. But the way that this works, I mean, they could... It's possible that the whole motivation thing could have been done in advance, but I don't. I just don't know because it was so kind of vague and broad. Speaking of, I have to bring this up now because it will make more sense if we bring it up now when we're talking about planning things ahead. Um, you know, they recast Tommy Elliott in this season, and that's definitely a long game too. Because if you saw the promo for the spring, there's a Bruce Wayne mask 
that is uh, being held at some point during the promo. <laughs> and I'm definitely guessing that has something to do with the fact that Tommy Elliott has popped up and that he keeps saying that he's going to go spend time with Tommy Elliott. And now he's you know, going to be, not, you know, there's no moral base with it with Alfred anymore. So I'm guessing that also has something to do with it, too, even though I don't really feel like the actor that they they, you know, recast not that the actor before was it was was better, but it doesn't feel as if what the actor has been has been given so far is really demanding that he has a larger role in the series. But I feel like they're definitely going that route was in some way as to the reason as to. Well, I mean, the promo at least. I'm guessing that's the reason why they have a Bruce Wayne mask, but I'm guessing I thought that, that was just him like going on a drug trip because Ivy kissed him or something. Well, that's possible too, it's but okay. I mean, God, and it's just a normal Ivy again. <laughs> Come on, you, you can make her, paint all of Drew Powell. You can paint this woman green. They, they needed to recast the character yet again to make her older, but again, they keep <laughs> not only that, but I don't know about you, but it, and it could have just been the lighting, but it did not even look like she had red hair. Oh yeah, yeah. Peyton List in real life has brown hair. She had brown hair last year on Frequency, the TV show she was on. on on the CW that I and I watched. She's a Golden Glider on the Flash. Yeah, she has like, like she kind was, of brown. Yeah, hair. she was Golden Glider too. Um, and she was also on some show called The Tomorrow People, which was also on CW, which got canceled after one season. I didn't watch that, but um, <laughs> she always had brown hair. Um, so the thing is, like, I, I don't understand how she went from red hair, red hair, from these these uh, adaptions of the character, and they're just making her older yet again. To now, she's got brown hair. That's just making, is like what they're doing it to make her older. Well, that's why they recasted her. They, the producer said in some interview right around the time that they recast, that they announced that Peyton List was going to be uh, Ivy Pepper. Yeah. They basically said that it was because the idea was they were aging her yet again. The last oh, time we saw no. so that they aged her yet again to make her more in line with the way she appears in the comics. So they went uh, from having a 13-year-old girl to now having somebody who's probably like, you know, lower 30s, upper 20s. She's um, still 13, though. Yeah, in her mind, she still should be 13. But it's... And there's a shot again, of Peyton List kissing Tommy Wiseau. Going sexualizing somebody who's, who is supposed to be much younger, I guess. There's a shot of her kissing Tommy Wiseau, and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but like, she's 31 years old and he's like 16. I, 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 have, a, I have a real problem with that. Stella and I were talking about this. Um, I'm trying to remember when it was. It was either during Comic-Con or uh, one of our, like, many chats. And, like, we were talking about Poison Ivy. And she says, isn't that disgusting? Isn't she still, like, technically a child? And, like, she's doing all this stuff with, like, older men. And I said, yeah, it is disgusting. (laughs) Now they made her older so that she could do stuff with a a boy. Right. Like, (laughs) what What are you doing? What are you doing? They're doubling down on this creepiness. Well, the one thing Stop. I will say is that I think Peyton List is a better actress than Maggie Gia was, but she at the same actress. time, I, I don't. I still have. I have no idea what what they're doing. Like, it just feels like they're running out of characters that they can exploit. I mean, like they, even in the promo, Jerome throws down the Joker card, clearly hinting at something, or they cut those scenes to make it seem like that, which is entirely possible too. But like they've gone Rainies. down the road and they've said multiple times. 
Jerome is not the Joker. He's not the Joker. But now they're like but just playing the... into the idea that he is the Joker. So like they could say it as many times as they want, but that's who they want to be the Joker. They want they're everyone to be anybody better. That's true. <laughs> yeah, at, at this point, it's like. Whatever. I thought that that was a big shock in season two, where like he was killed off. Like, oh, he's not the Joker after all. That was a surprise. But then, you know, the, the first uh, of many he, resurrections. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. He came back. Fish came back. Gallivan. And then came they back, did that whole Barbara cut off back. the face thing, and I was just like, oh, hey, cool. I have that mask in my room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, you do. I remember. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, you saw it, Don. <laughs> One of the kids was watching a clip of that on like YouTube, and they said, "Why is this guy's face off?" <laughs> and, and like I had to sit there and like explain like, for two like, hours. Yeah, I was like, well, uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the actual episode. Um, <laughs> I thought that this was an interesting ethical dilemma for Gordon because I remember like in the pilot, you know, he has that ethical dilemma. You know, do I like kill Penguin? You know, which you know and be corrupt or like how do I get out of this situation? Like the other dilemmas that he's have. They haven't been as, like, ethical. It's like, do I murder Galavan in cold blood or do I do the right thing and not do it? Like, th- that, that's not a dilemma. That's you making a horrible decision. You know, do I do I call my fiancé or do I wait, like, six episodes until she hooks up with a guy who I'm eventually going to murder? You know, like, these are I totally dilemma. forgot he killed somebody. Galavan, like, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember, but, like, I blocked it out. <laughs> I was so, so, did, so, so did so did he because like it's called selective memory. You have oh to have God. it with the show. Yeah, Gordon has it too. But anyway, like what I liked about this was, you know, he gets like basically everything that he wanted since the pilot. Like the cops are like, Yeah, we're on your side now. He brings down Pax Penguin. I was like, All right. And then Sophia basically set, you know, lays it out. Actually, um, this was all because you went to get me from Miami and I brought Professor Pig and all these people are dead, and she said so. You can, like, admit the truth and, like, you know, get me arrested and everything. But if you do, that means that you're going to not be captain anymore and they're just going to appoint someone else who's corrupt and it'll be season one all over again. You're going to lose everything that was worked for and everything that happened, like Bullock not being your friend anymore, all those people dying. That will well, be for now. Is Bullock really his friend anymore? Let's be honest there. Uh, but Bullock's kind of salty at him. He wouldn't even sit with him during the funeral. He's like, hey, Bullock. Well, he was like, hey, this is all your fault that Falcone is dead. And I was like, in what way was that his fault? <laughs> hey, Bullock, saved you a seat. Um, that's okay. I'm going to sit over here with the cool kids. Like, there's no one over there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Those are the only cool kids. I got hot dogs. <laughs> you brought hot dogs to Falcone's Come on. It's a social event of the season. Everybody's here. He wouldn't bring hot dogs. He'd bring Thai food. Everybody but his daughter-in-law. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't even know. Who knows? Like, yeah, I, I don't think they get television down there in the Narrows. I, I honestly don't think that, like, they, they're, they're, like, well, from the outside. Ap- the world. Apparently, like, Tabitha had, like, a, a, a we'll, and we'll get back to this, but, like, Tabitha had, like, a 1920s gramophone. But, like, I was, like, in season, <laughs> in season one. Liza used like an MP3 player to like listen to opera with like Falcone. So like I know that MP3 players exist in this universe. Like, um, but anyway, um, so <laughs> Gordon's like faced with this choice, or he can keep everything that they worked for, but basically always know that this was all his fault and he's living a lie. And Sophia's like, "That's my revenge for you killing Mario." And I was like, "Dang, that's actually that that is a really good dilemma." And obviously, eventually, this will all be unraveled, but. I, I like that idea where Gordon has to live with this guilt or like, you know, this victory that he has is hollow. I, I like that. 
I liked it too, and I thought it was actually a really w- good way of doing it. Like leading up to the Sophia reveal at the end of the episode, the fact that the the cops were behind him, he's the captain. They all trust his decision making process. Like great leadership skills. It came across as like, okay, we're actually achieving something. Gordon is actually at a position that you expected him to be after maybe the first season of coming in as the rookie detective as they portrayed it. I mean, like that's the way you would have thought, but they had to draw it out for three and a half seasons because they didn't have a whole lot of other things to do. My concern is where do they go from here? Because obviously this entire thing with Sophia will eventually unravel unless Sophia, they decide to keep around past the season, which is possible. Although I don't see it happening because it seems like there's a tendency to only have a character around for a short time like when they bring in like Theo Gallivan, he wasn't around for more than a season. You know, they had Tabitha on the other hand, she did come in at season two and she's still around, but that might just be because there was a, a lack of females on the cast as well um, compared to the number of males on the show. Um, but any, either way the, it, it comes down to, it's one of those things where I think to myself, this is exactly where Gordon should be. But now this thing with Sophia, because it's looming over him, this could send him right back down to, you know, beginning of season two, Gordon, where he's basically back in the gutter. I mean, and, and I don't want them to go that route, but I don't see any other way other than Sophia dying and holding the secret to the grave for it to work out like that. Well, you know, the whole where will they go next, that's part of the excitement and, you know, the mystery of the show where, like, as with Penguin's Umbrella, where, like, every single storyline was, like, wrapped up and, uh, you know, and we still had, like, the rest of season one to go. So, you know, I guess we'll see. Just go back to Dollmaker Island. No, we will (laughs) never go back to Dollmaker Island. That was the biggest waste of time ever. (laughs) And Falcone will, like, rip out his own eye. It's fine. Yeah, because he'll be alive. Yeah, like, <laughs> why not? Like, <laughs> Razo goes like, Falcone, when I bathed you in the Lazarus pit to make you my eyes and ears of Gotham, now kiss me, you weak old man. Like, <laughs> Wow. Your, your death, you, you getting shot allowed you to rid your body of cancer, so you are now alive again. We don't even know if it was cancer. He's like, I'm dying. About- <laughs> He's dying. He was just dying of an incurable disease. Oh, we were talking about um, Falcone McGregor ending syndrome. up in Dollmaker Island and taking his eye out because he said that uh, this episode was basically just like uh, Penguin's Umbrella where everything wrapped up and there was like nothing to do for the second half. So I was like, yeah, let's just go back to Dollmaker Island. Let's not. <laughs> but but the, perfect, the perfect reason why Penguin's Umbrella ended the way it did was because originally that's where the season was supposed to end. They didn't expect it to go. They expected it to be like well, that was episode short- six, right? Wasn't no. it? I think it was, in uh, it, was, it was episode eight, I think. Yeah, but uh-huh. I, I remember like initially when they, they, they got they got eight order episode count initially. So they wrote it to eight episodes. Then it went on that break because they said they got picked up for an additional five episodes for the 13. And then it was like, oh, okay, cool. But when you watch Penguin's Umbrella, it felt like the end of a season. It didn't feel like the end of an actual you know, like a break. It felt like everything got wrapped up very well. There were some cliffhanger aspects that could lead into another season, but it didn't feel like the middle of a season. That and and then they came back with the five episodes, and then it felt like the rest of that season they didn't have any clue what to do. It was episode seven. 
So it wasn't going to be the last episode. I thought I thought that like the the Lovecraft thing was the last episode originally. Lovecraft was the mid season finale, but like Penguin's Umbrella was like the turning point of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, one question that I was debating with Don off mic too was like, does Zaz? know that like Sophia killed Falcone because I was like how can he not know but then the more I thought about it I was kind of on Don's side you know what like yeah Zaz probably doesn't know and that's one of the reasons why Sophia kills Pig because he's a loose end he like you know he knows everything that happened and um so just you know food for thought on the Zaz thing yeah it didn't feel like it doesn't feel it didn't feel like he knew I feel like he'd be more upset if he knew it was like... Especially since he showed that he was upset with the idea that Penguin could have been involved in the death of Falcone. And he, I mean, like, there was that whole sequence where he comes in and, like, and Penguin's like, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. My hands are clean. And like, Shady. he's like basically like, please, Oz, don't pull your gun out and shoot me in the head. I don't want to end up at Indian Hill like everybody else. <laughs> Coming I life. thought that was in um, reference to like... Uh, uh, Martine, not Falcone. No, that scene was because because he says, "You tell me if you orchestrated oh, wait, he, his death, right?" Yeah, because Zaz was the one that like hid Martine away. We're talking about like, two different scenes. Okay. Oh, he, here's a fan theory. He was told to hide Martine away. What if and not tell Penguin where it was? What if he put Martine with Zaz's uh, grandma from like a few weeks ago? He's with Zaz's bubby. Uh, <laughs> oh. In fact, ooh, this is what you could do. You're going too he, far, Josh. No, 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 no. Okay, because you, you know how read like... it? No, I'm not. On that. <laughs> okay. I promise. Although, uh, according to this, we'll this gas leak of a, of a website, later. yeah, <laughs> yeah a you guys need to back away from the Reddit, please. Oh, uh, but okay, so thanks so much. People have like you know this Zaz is a good Zaz, but we're like you know he's nothing like the Zaz in the comics. So what if you know because he was adopted by Zaz's Bubby. This kid changes his last name to Zaz, and he'll grow up to be the Victor Zaz that Batman fights. Because remember, he uses knives and everything. Martin uses yeah. knives? Yeah, remember? Penguin was teaching him how to use a blade in that first he episode. He was teaching him how to stab properly. Like, you need yeah. to make sure you go up. Yeah. And you need to thrust at an upward angle so that you can get to the heart. Yeah. You... I've been waiting for that child to stab somebody for, like, episodes. <laughs> I was, like, excited. I was like, he's going to kill somebody. It's going to be awesome. Tempting, but, but no. <laughs> yeah, I was sad. I still love him, though. I don't care. <laughs> um, that does sound like a Reddit theory, though. What if Martinez says? But whatever. Well, like, you can't have a new character on like Gotham without Reddit being like, "Wait, who are they supposed to be? Like, is it this person?" Yeah, is they, it- they, they, they going was to be Harley Quinn. That's it. They thought yeah. Headhunter was supposed to be Deadshot, and it's like, <laughs> well, see, good shows, good shows with good writers that would actually make sense. But this show doesn't have that talent to uh, allow all these like crazy take that, cr- characters take that, to, to pop that. up there and there and there, and then have a reason as to why they eventually show back up. I mean, honestly, if a character disappears on this show, um, they're either they're either well, I mean, if they're not dead, chances are they're probably not going to come back. Unless they were an earlier version of a future Batman villain, like we saw Jonathan Crane earlier this season. Um, but I mean, like, unless a character dies, a character actually has a more likelihood, uh, uh, more is more likely to actually reappear on the show if they get killed than if they just <laughs> stop using the character. It's true. true. It's so true. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Uh, just bring back Hugo Strange and just bring back the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, because because like, we'll like, just like, have like Harvey Dent and uh, Montoya yeah. and Alan come back as zombies. It's fine. Supposedly, we're going to get an explanation about Alan and Montoya, according to um, the interview still with. Um, yeah, well, we're still waiting. Well, it's we, we still have half a season left to go. Yeah, like, they, to just they went undercover for the last three and a half years, and here they are now. I've made this joke like four or five <laughs> times. In, I made this joke four or five times in the show, but like I'll make it again. Like I really want Montoya to like come back and like be like, so Jim, how's Barbara? And like him just to like, you know, sweat beads like, um, he just just walks away. He's like, leave my office now. How are her parents? They haven't been sending me Christmas cards lately. You know, like, well, we need more lesbians on the show and we can't do Kate Kane yet. Or can we? Um, oh, don't. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> She'll become Batman, and then when Bruce is old enough, <laughs> She's Batwoman, Batman. Bruce. Uh, yeah. See, the problem is you guys are actually literally giving the writers ideas right now. <laughs> we are, because they, 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 cop- they listen to our podcast and copy what's on the show. It would be – I don't care. Like, if that yeah, they, happened, they, I would just feel like – I just – I'd need stronger alcohol. Yeah, did you listen to, like, you know uh, – there, there was a podcast opening, like, a few – um. Uh, months ago where like it turned out that like Stella like predicted like four or five like plot lines that would like wind up happening yes. oh my god yeah I don't know if you heard that one Dustin. I did I did yeah, also an episode they said homeless without <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I like nearly fainted <laughs> I was like okay and, and then even then she was like oh and Barbara Keem will be brought back by the Lazarus pit after dying and when she comes back she'll be evil and I was like son of a parent like <laughs> son of a parent <laughs> The, yeah, that, that's my PG, you know, curse word. You know, so. Oh God, Stella's <laughs> a queen. And then, like, um, also there was that April Fool's uh, episode you guys did uh, the first year too. And Still as I was watching me. through the second and third season, I was just in here like, oh my God, you guys. <laughs> this is like one of the one of the upsides to actually um, not and- only binging the tv show but also your podcast was just watching everything unfold <laughs> and us being horrified about the monsters that we created is there anything more from the jim and sophia and penguin plot line well, I, feel, um, I feel i feel that there is because like like what do we think yeah. about i mean this is another instance of, of gordon lying to, to save his skin that yeah. I, you know, I understand this is a moral dilemma, and that actually makes it a, a juicy plot point. Oh, yeah, he, yeah He's done this before, and to me, it's, it's – he has been doing so well this season. I'm not really mad at him for this, but, like, I'm wondering where it goes because Gordon is supposed to be captain in, in the G Smith. That's in the comics. In fact, yeah, he was actually probably. wearing part of his costume earlier. Like, like the scene where uh, Falcon dies, he's, he wears the beige trench coat. <laughs> he was Ooh. missing the hat and, like, the, and, like, the, the cigarette and, and the glasses and the mustache. But, like – um. I'm wondering, like, 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 by the end of the season, is he going to, like, like, I want to start up, like he did, like, in season two, or is he going to, you know, sell the truth, or is he going, I guarantee you he's going to shoot Sophia dead by the end of the season. Either him or somebody else. It'll be, and I can honestly, this is my prediction right now, it's actually going to be Harvey Bullock who shoots her. And That's what I was going to say. Yeah, and he's going to kill her because he, he sees the good that's happening with uh, the, the police department, and he doesn't want it to be ruined by what happened with Sophia. So he kills Sophia and takes the blame, but he doesn't tell Gordon that he's the one who actually killed her. Oh, it's going to be Martine. Yeah, Martine comes come back and stabs her. Or or Lee will do it maybe because they're um, it doesn't look like that's a family reunion. That, no, go to uh, the set go to and stab a... them. 
Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could like Penguin could offer when he gets out because he is getting out with Jerome, I believe. I feel like that's going to happen. No, he's in Arkham forever. Penguin's never getting out of there. This is Robin Lord Taylor's last episode of the series. <laughs> he, he had a, he had he had a good run. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and we'll never see him. Again. Not Car- Ca- Cameron Monaghan either. We'll never see them again. Um, yeah. They're just gonna beat each other up in Arkham for the next well, and, eleven episodes. Well, they've never really interacted, so I'm, looking, I'm actually looking forward to seeing them kind of their interplay. He, he wasn't happy about Jerome in season two. He was like watching the TV, like scoffing, like ah, "What an amateur! He doesn't know what he's doing." You know, me, I'll be in charge forever. Yeah, that, that crazy ginger is ruining things in Gotham. He actually said that. <laughs> did he really say ginger? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah oh. he did. Oh, also, um, but he word. did name drop him at some point. As like one of the big names in the city, but that was after he took it over that one night. Um, in season three, the carnival. Yeah, yeah. When, when Jerome had that cult, the cult mm-hmm. of Jerome. <sighs> <laughs> God damn, that was annoying. <laughs> they, you know, the reality of it is, they just need to embrace the fact that it's the Joker. Like the show is gone off the rails with so many of the other characters. They just need to go the route and say this is the Joker instead they of did. continuously. When? When he dropped the card in the promo. Well, yeah, but like I said, they, they could have just cut it that way. But the problem is that they keep saying in Quinn. interviews, they keep saying in interviews, <laughs> he's not Joker. This isn't the Joker. This is just somebody who they think could be the or like we want the the viewer to think that this could be the Joker. What's the point? It's not actually the Joker. I mean, like honestly, yeah, at this point, like. Why keep this straight up? Like, just go full on. This is the Joker. I'm sorry. And the thing is, the thing is, like the card. Yes, I would believe that too. But wasn't it? There was some other season where Joker was written on the back, like in graffiti or something, on the wall. And someone said, "Oh yeah, it's, they're hinting at Jer- the Joker and Jerome." And then it turns out he never even went by that name ever. So it's one of those things where it's like. Just fully embrace it. You know, you've already gone off the deep end. Just freaking go all in and say, you know what? Screw it. This is the Joker. You don't like it. You aren't watching anyway, so it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> They've already killed off Rachel Ghoul. I don't think they can do anything else besides Nightfall. And then Isn't no he coming back? Like, he was in the promo. Oh, was he? Someone brought up to me. Yeah, he was in the promo. That 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 might be a dream sequence. I think it's a dream sequence too, because I think when they when she's about to kiss or poison ivy that is is about to kiss him, she says something like, "I'm going to open up your mind" or something like that. And then there's all these weird flashes of a cave. I'm guessing that's where we're going with that. I'm also guessing him holding the mask is part of that dream sequence too, because I don't know why in the current situation that he's in, or at least the next five or six episodes that they might have filmed he would have been in a position where he would actually be going back out as the vigilante the black shadow. I just, I don't see that happening. So I'm guessing it's all a dream sequence and that's how he's going to pop back up. But I don't think he's coming back at least in a lie. You know, I think he's, he's definitely coming back by the end of the season because, you know, Rachel goes, I mean, he's too, too, too big of a name to like, just like pretend that we'll never see him again, but they're, pl- they're playing coy. He, oh, you think well, he's done? I, re-list- I re-listened to that, um, uh, interview with uh, Ben and me and like uh, Sadiq from Comic Con, and he made a comment in there that like I vaguely remember that I went back to listen to where he said that like you know in the middle of the season you know we'll have a break from Roz but then he'll be back like it that that's not para- the exact words that's kind of paraphrasing but he said something along those lines that like you know he thinks that Roz is a full season villain but that you know we might have a break and you'll get some other villains and you won't like any of them because they're not me. 
<laughs> like a boss. Look, go, go Wait, back. Honestly, I could see him saying that. I mean, I watched your guys' interview with him, and I watched some other interviews that he has given, and it seems exactly like something that he would say. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's a nice guy. I, li- I liked him. <laughs> um, and again, he's still like a regular cast member. Not that that means anything, because, you know, so were Harvey Dent and Alan and Montoya, and like, you know, Harvey Dent's on a completely different show now. Somebody weird and i also despise the fact that they make such a big deal when they cast these characters in these iconic roles but then they have nothing for them yeah at all yeah. yep i love how you all responded the exact same way because <laughs> the same way the batman we speaks the truth every week and then we discuss the show every week <laughs> that's right well you there's come, you no come, other way to respond he comes with armor with truth bombs every time destiny comes on that's like i can't argue with that Uh, anything else about like the penguin and uh, Gordon stuff and Sophia stuff before we move on to the other people can we talk about her neck brace because that was like some high fashion (laughs) like man if I ever get in a car accident I want that neck brace like blinged out amazing I was you know what's funny about that the fact that is that it was was probably some sort of like high end neck brace, but when she took it off, it sounded like the crappy Velcro neck brace that you would take off. Too. <laughs> it's like when Michael Keenan rips off his uh, mask at the end of Batman Returns, like <laughs> we're the same split. we're the same homeless cop, and then like she takes <laughs> off the brace and what? You can talk. <laughs> what? What, the what do you f- mean? I can talk? <laughs> <laughs> mean she can talk. She's not Martine. Oh God, Martine was so. I know. But it's basically the joke that like Gordon, the joke that we have on the show that like Gordon's an idiot with like temporary amnesia about things. <laughs> that would explain so much. I didn't notice that necklace looked- though. That it was, it was like all silver and stuff. It was beautiful. Oh God, she's, she's so <laughs> nothing but the best for the Falcons. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Mario was buried in a solid gold coffin with, like, you know, the finest cuffnicks. He better have been. He was murdered. <laughs> he was murdered on his honeymoon. He didn't even get to enjoy the night. By his yeah, wife's he, he was going to kill Lee, but, you know. You know, the, the funny thing about that neck brace is she got shot in the side. Why did she need a neck brace? I thought about that. That didn't make any sense. She like the wheelchair. You could you could chalk it up to well, you know, she her her abdomen or whatever is sore. So she you know just out of convenience factor, she was in the wheelchair. I could get past that, but the neck brace it made no sense. She didn't fall on her neck or you know do something like you don't you get a neck brace when something happens to your neck. Like yep. you see people wearing a neck brace because they get in a car accident, they get whiplash. She can get whiplash from getting shot in the gut. So. I even thought that like Falcone's gunshot wound, it didn't look fatal, but like I guess it could have reversed the shot because it was he was shot on his like right side, not not where his heart was, but maybe they reversed it to where like uh, the dude who plays him actually was meant to be shot in the heart, but like they reversed the shot. She was so obviously behind that. With wait, let me pick the flowers that mother loved right and over when that, here. When that van was pulling away. up, I felt like that scene went on so long. Like Gordon is it standing did. there. And it's just the van's pulling up. Everyone's looking at the van. Let's look at Falcone. Oh, she. Oh, my Uber's finger. here. Oh, I'm licking my <laughs> finger. Oh, now, now Gordon's standing here. Now, oh no. That was more now telegraphed than Tupac's death before. and all eyes on like, me. Oh, man, <laughs> that scene just lasted forever. I'm thinking like the way this van is pulling up. Everyone could have just walked away. 
at a, at, at a turtle <laughs> Let's go inside. out there. It's a thing, though. Um, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, hey, look, it is like a gangster film. Look at that hit. Right. Of well, the it's... second son being upset that his dad doesn't take him seriously. Yeah. Well, well also, and not only that. Well, oh, go ahead. Like, like, and also, um, and I, I kind of go back and forth on this, but like, because it is a big thing in, in the Kanazara characters that, that Falcone has died, even though he was retired. But it was such as like over. It, it, you almost thought that like they killed off Alfred. It, it was like you know, Falcone is dead. He wasn't doing anything for the last like several years. He was being a weak old man yeah. in Gotham. So he's oh, same by, old, same by, old. By the way, like speaking of Falcone not doing anything, whoever like was doing the news reports that Alfred was watching, like Gotham was like, still <laughs> reeling from the death of Carmine Falcone. Well, yeah. well, like they, they were like. There's no word yet on who will take Falcone's like place heading the crime families, and I was like, this person still watch like that news anchor still watching their season one DVDs, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like wouldn't the police like say no one's going to be the head of the crime family because like he's a criminal? Well, like, like Falcone's lived in fake Miami for Why the last the like. Why would think he could get get information on that? Like, there's no word yet. Maybe he's going to be the next the next big boss. Falcone's like you you're all Andrew fake news. Edwin, who is the current crime lord? Yeah, <laughs> that made no sense. That actually would have worked out perfectly if Penguin was watching the television screen and then he got super mad because of the comment that she made. Yes. <laughs> Zaz, call them and tell them that I'm a crime lord. Uh, boss, don't you want to, like, not tell them that? Isn't that a bad idea to tell the news? Don't make me do to you what I did to Headhunter. Like, is he like <laughs> By the way, another thing, too. Sophia twi- not only shot her dad... But she freaking stabbed him in the heart by, like, making the very last thing that he saw, the very last thing that Falcon saw before he died, was her making out with homeless cop, like, five <laughs> Like, cause when, when they're, true. like, when they're, like, getting in the car, she, she gives homeless cop one last, you know, like, kiss, and it's, like, your dad is right there, you freak. Like, Mario is yeah, rolling in his grave. Not, not only that, just um, right, it happened right after he said the thing about, how could you have slept with the person that killed your brother? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like this. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it again, too. Ah, <laughs> uh, Falcon, can you give us about 20 minutes? <laughs> For the homeless sex. <laughs> I suppose oh. so. Let me find the chickens. <laughs> like, <laughs> By the way, uh, too, uh, I did love how, like, once again, like, every single time that, like, Jim has seen Falcon since, like, Mario died, he always, like, expects Falcon to be happy to see him, and Falcon, like, never is. He's like, hey, Falcon, I'm just here to get Sophia. You and I won't be seeing each other again. Like, you know, get out. I wasn't expecting you, my old friend. Get away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. You're not still mad about that Mario thing, are you? You got another kid. I'll be dead before I forgive you, Gordon. Bang, 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 bang. (laughs) (laughs) I also also loved, um, uh, like, Falcone, like, you know, giving that foreboding message to Gordon because he's figured out the Professor Pig thing. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm happy that, like, you know, like when you realize, like, what it is that you've done, what you brought to the city, it will, it will destroy you. That's, you know, <laughs> he's like, Ooh. I'm really enjoying that. And I was like, I was like, and oh, the no, first no, time no, I saw it, I was like, the fact that he had figured out what was going on with um, uh, Professor Pig. I, I, I don't know what I thought that that meant. Uh, I, I think that's what it meant because, like that, that that came back at the end of the episode with what Sophia said. He says, "When you realize what it is that you brought to the city, you won't be able to live with yourself." And I'm going to really enjoy that. You know, like I take great comfort in that. So that must have been Professor Pig. Falcon yeah, yeah. has resources. I'm sure. I'm sure he knows. You know 
who Sophia um, contacted. Because he even says that he was keeping track of her. He says, at first I was going to make you come back, but then I figured, eh, let me see how this goes. They're, 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 Matlock's not on for another few hours. And then he... Uh, God, your ageist jokes. <laughs> as opposed sure to the other jokes. <laughs> I just call you out on all your jokes. Matlock! They're still funny. <laughs> they're wrong, but they're funny. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about uh, you know the sirens or um, I mean specifically? They didn't Tabitha, do anything in this episode. But, Screw them. Yeah, they they they, they were I tied mean, to a chair. It was really Tabitha I, and Grundy more than like Barbara and Selena. Yeah, Selena was wasted. I did uh, I did say last week that like I I wish that Barbara would have realized that like her and Sophia had been with the same man because that is a weird thing that they have in common. But then. Because they gave us that moment this week, I forgive them for not doing it last week. Because that was that, that's like my favorite line of the episode, almost where like Barbara's like, "Wait, what?" Yes. And, and yes, I, but I, then it was never addressed again. That was the only thing that kind of was like, okay. Well, it, what what was there to address too? It, it's kind of like we complained about Lee not being at the funeral. I think that having Lee be at the funeral would have taken too much screen time because you can't have her at the funeral without like doing something with it and. You don't want to waste her reuniting with Gordon this season and, like, the rest of the main cast. That is a good you know. point. Yeah, she's just so yeah, so That's true. It, it would be too much screen time. So, and, and obviously, like, she's trying to turn her back from that life, and she probably doesn't want to deal with uh, all this stuff. And on, and it doesn't look like she gets along with her sister-in-law. Turns her back from that life, but she's leading thing. an entire, like, su- you know, like, like, like the, the Sewer King's children in the Narrows. Like, you know, she's trying to turn a new leaf with her Morticia Adams cosplay and her flask of booze and her Grundy and Riddler. You know, she's, try- she's trying to, you know, be a new Lee Tompkins and not the same one from last season. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, one that unleashed a virus that made everybody kill everyone else. So, oh, and also stabbed her uh, one true love with it. Well, talked him into taking it, rather. <laughs> he turned into a Hulk. He broke out of a buried buried coffin. Homeless, homeless cough. <laughs> That's my secret, uh, Leslie. I'm always homeless. <laughs> 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 that should not be so funny. Thank you, thank you. But it is. But it is. <laughs> um. But okay. So as I mentioned before, like you know, why is Tabitha? I, I get that they're trying to go for the Batman the animated series thing with like you know, oh, they're using gramophones. But okay. We already know that MP3 players exist in this universe. Gordon and Sophia were using a flip phone at the end of the episode. Like, you know, you can at least give Tabitha, like, a CD player or something. In like, fairness, <laughs> like, like, at the bar zone, that'll work out. We have more vinyl than we have CDs. People are using vinyl a lot these days. But but you use a record player, not, like, the old-school, like, gramophones with the cones from, like, An American Tale and Downton Abbey. Like, you know, come on. <laughs> Retro is in these days. Oh, yeah, there's, like, an episode of Downton Abbey where, like, they get one of those, and it's, like, the plot point of the episode, like, oh, we'll listen to the Queen's, you know, address of the nation on this thing. Let's throw a dinner party. It'll be spended. Carson, you know, break out the vine silver. Very good, your lordship. It's a very good impression of, of Dame Maggie Smith. That wasn't supposed to be Maggie Smith. That was supposed to be... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know who, who okay. other actors on this show. Oh, and, you and that, really should watch Downton Abbey, though. It's pretty that, good. That, that's probably for the... He did one episode. <laughs> I, I, I nearly died because I was really sick that night. <laughs> yeah, I remember that episode, but I mean, like, he should watch the show show. I uh, like the first two seasons. I did think when, like, you know, she's like, come on, but remember me and kiss him. I was like, 
Hitting him on, hit, I was like thinking in my head, hitting him on the head is what worked before. Just do that again. Yeah. Why is it hitting him on, and then when she walks away, like all sad, I was like, oh, come on, try hitting him on the head. Then like she pulls off that tarp and there's like a bunch of bats. I was like, oh, never mind. She has the same plan that I do. It's kind Let's of get Jason Todd with it. While she was walk, walking away, dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not that away all sad. She was taking off her coat, dude. She was getting ready. Then she pulled the tarp off. Yeah, I'm not that um, bothered by Grundy not trying to break out or fight back because, like, that's kind of been his character the last few episodes. Like, I remember in his first, like, Grundy episode, he wasn't fighting back till Nygma told him to. And I think when he's in, like, the ring with people, like, he won't fight back. He'll just, like, stare and then he'll, like, be like, oh, yeah, I guess I should fight back. So, you know, that that, that didn't bother me so much. Um, There's also – sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was actually about to say, I think that Jan has more to say about that plot than I do. I do. Uh, there's also the whole thing where she tried to explain to him that she's like, I'm trying to help you. So she wasn't showing that she was trying to be mean. She was trying to be like a good person for him. And he's pretty simple. And then she could probably tell that she was getting like upset that she couldn't help him the way that she wanted to. So that's probably an, also another reason that he sat there because she didn't want to like... She she said like I'm trying to do these other things, but this is the way it worked the last time. Um, yeah, so that really didn't bother me. And also, she just kept hitting him. I'm like, oh god, this has got to like she's she's uh. you know she was hurting while she was hitting him too. She didn't want to do it. She just she thought that like it was the only way that she could fix him. I think Jessica Lucas is having that. a lot of fun doing that, though. Dude, this show has a very twisted view of love. <laughs> Look, it's the only kind of love I want. To save you, um, why must I beat your soul, man? One of the reasons I like that couple is because they are not traditional. They're not like Gordon and every woman he's ever slept with. They're not like... Because Gordon's couplings are traditional. Well, you know, chauvinist and uh, the lady who doesn't want the chauvinist. Well, there is there is definitely a Beauty and the Beast element to uh, Tabitha and uh, Butch Grundy. Um, yeah, and I she's that, Beast and he's Beauty. If they call you Beast, I'll rip your lungs out. Oh, I mean, I mean, like I was um, thinking about that. <laughs> like, 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 I think it's an interesting thing to have that kind of. They, they, I mean, I mean, Butch is just not going away, I and mean, we like Butch, and, and I, I, I like Tabitha. Um, mainly for the wrong reasons, but I still like her. Uh, she's actually grown into a really nice character too. Yeah, she was mostly, like, you know, this scary, like, you know, enforcer when she first appeared. And, like, it's kind of weird how this show makes some of the criminals, like, people who we root for. Like, you know, obviously we want Penguin to be defeated. But, like, they've kind of been making, like, Jessica Lucas and, like, you know, and, like, Selena these, like, well, Selena has always been sympathetic. But, like, you know, like, we're kind of, like, almost supposed to, like, root for the sirens, you know. To everyone except Barbara. Well, e- e- I don't know. But e- I think e- they're trying to actually try. I'm thinking they're. I honestly believe that they're they're trying to figure out a way to bring her back to not such a irredeemable character. Just be just for the fact that like if they want to eventually go down the route of her getting back with Gordon, they've got to figure out some way of getting her at least back. So I mean, making oh. her no longer insane at least is at least a step towards that. If they chose. <clears throat> To go that route, I don't see it actually coming to happen unless the show actually does go for ten seasons, like some of the producers <laughs> magically oh, believe it no. will. Well, you know, I, I don't know if she's actually playing Barbican differently than she did at the beginning of the season because it was a different performance at at first. But now, you know, she's still like popping jokes and stuff. Like, 
it is it's, it's like her character they forgot her character was supposed to be different um and it, it, it always smacks of desperate desperate uh writing how they're doing her stay in the show um either she's, she's going to still very calm though me perhaps i mean I, I, either... and, and she's not as like power hungry as she was before you know where she was like you know yes me barbara queen you know i will rule the world for like no reason i mean I, I, this is crass but honestly, and we she's, she's going to give, she's gonna give birth to barbara gordon she isn't like, like that, that really is the, the end goal for her character because barbara king is not a character in the comics i mean she is but she really isn't so like i don't i don't really I care about i, I showed her those show. those old issues yeah i know <laughs> which and she, and she, and she enjoyed them which is she one loved the most, them. Which, by the way, like I checked, that's one of the most like watched videos on like the Batman Universe's uh, YouTube channel. Okay, okay, let's not go overboard here. Okay, it is well watched, <laughs> but it is not one of the most watched videos. We have some videos uh, on there that have over a half a million views. <laughs> you forgot that dozen well, was I, in the call. <laughs> I, I mean, of like, I mean, of like the last dozen. Like I checked like the hits for the last dozen, and like, okay, yes, yes. The, I, I'd honestly say. Probably since August, <laughs> for sure. Wow, it is definitely the most watched video. <laughs> Probably even further back than that. Because <laughs> yeah, I checked out in curiosity, I was like, "Oh, cool! People like you know Aaron Richards." He's gonna you know? fight you. No, it's 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 Dustin. This is this is how we do it. <laughs> Violent <laughs> down. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and I I've always said too that the way to bring Barbara on the show is like first of all, like. Uh, when you kill off Falcone and Maroni and all these other people, Canon's different anyway, so you don't have to have Barbara Gordon or you don't have to have, you know, Barbara Keenan Gordon get married. But if you're gonna do Barbara Gordon, I think that the most dramatic way to do it would be the post crisis origin where um she's his niece and um you know, Bullock's like, oh, you never told me that you had a brother. We had a falling out years ago, you know, and then it turns out that they had the falling out because of they were both in love with the same woman, just like in the comics. And Gordon spent the night with her and like Bullock has a moment with him at the end of the episode. He's like, that's your kid, isn't it? Yes. And you must never tell anyone. And then like the next time you see like Bar- <laughs> the next time you see Barbara, like um, it's because her parents her kill- were killed in a car crash. So then she goes to live with Jim you know, and she thinks that's her uncle. And then over the course of the show, she finds out the truth. And he, you know, like considers, should I tell her that I'm her biological dad or not? I think that that would be the way to do it. And then just her having the same name as Barbara Keene is a coincidence, just like it was in Post Crisis. Because I remember um, there's the issue where um, it's the secret. Or they don't, origin. Even, or they go, don't even go the route of calling her Barbara and they just go the Babs route. Yeah, it's it is. What they it. call Barbara Babs. Does anyone have any more thoughts on the Grundy thing before we get too far, like off, uh, off? <laughs> well, I was uh, just one last thing about the Barbara thing. Uh, there, there, this Titan show is happening, and I remember very early on. I don't know if this is the same, this is the same deal because when it was going to be on like TNT and stuff like that, but they says explicitly that it's going to be like Dick Grayson, Oracle, and Starfire as as a love triangle. So I was wondering if Barbara Gordon's going to be on that show. If if they're ever going to like you know give her like like a backstory in terms of like you know a, a mother figure and i'm wondering would that reverse engineer this way this show is doing because i i mean like because on, to me and you know what amateurs is a lot of fun and I've, I've really enjoyed her performance and her having fun on the show but i don't see a point to this character she's not barbara Gordon's i'm sorry i know that's i know that's bad but like honestly like the fact that like, she's like racial ghouls stooge and all that kind of stuff it's to me it's like, it's like she's not really done anything in this show that like i remember so well, the, you, you, basically, your problem is that she, her character by name is supposed to be 
with Gordon. But ever since the first season, they've gone, they've deviated from that. And now she's just become her own character, which for the actress and for the character, that's a good thing. But the whole point of the character was not meant to be this. What they should have done was had her be another character that was not Barbara Keene. They could have just had her be like Tabitha Galavan, who is nobody from the comics. That's the thing that would have made the most Tigress. sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fine. Well, she, she's, she's Tigress's name, but she's not. She's not. The she's same Tigress's character. name, yeah. but she's not actually that character. But I'm just saying, like, go the route of just having a character. The problem is that it, it just comes down to they didn't have a plan in the first season. You know, after that first half of the season aired, they didn't have a plan as to where exactly they were going to go with some of these characters that were, you know, existing characters within the universe such as Alan or Montoya or Barbara to a degree. I mean, they didn't have any clue where to go with the characters and how to actually tell stories about these characters whose moments in the comics, at least in the time frame that this is happening, is so limited. And that's the that, that's one of the biggest problems with the show is like, I'm not going to say that uh, everything with Aaron Richards has been horrible. It really hasn't, but you can't look at it from the perspective of that she's supposed to be with Gordon. Like getting back to being with Gordon, it's 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 almost impossible to try to get back to that route after the 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 path that they have taken. And it's just challenge ridiculous. accepted. I mean like I, I'm fine with them <laughs> if they actually try to do it and I'd be willing to like you know go with it just for the sake of seeing it but if it turns out to be gordon has his sudden case of amnesia again that is stupid and it's it's <laughs> a stupid thing that they keep using over and over again so the thing is like i just kind it just comes across as like you know they had this idea for all these characters harvey dent bringing him in the mix but then they realized wait if we have if we bring harvey dent we have to have you know more more cases that that involved the you know the district attorney and the and the lawyers and the judge and oh crap we don't have the budget for a whole nother set so there's no way we're going to be able to do a ton of sets with the district attorney it, it just comes down to like there's all these like weird things that seem to be hampering their storytelling whether it be budget concerns because of sets that they can't have or they aren't willing to have or whether it be the fact that they don't have any direction for these characters. Like it's, it, it's upsetting that they've, they've introduced so many characters over the course of these last three and a half years. And so many of these characters that you're, you get super excited about. Oh, great. They're bringing in Lucius Fox and Lucius Fox went from being a guy who randomly just reveals something to a computer repairman to now he's a stooge for the <laughs> I mean, like, medical examiner. I, I don't care oh, who no, he is now. It's just, it's, exam. Oh wait, is it's, he? Yeah, he was the medical examiner after Lee left. And now he's a, for, a forensic specialist as well. Ridiculous. Like, Chris Strzok <laughs> is actually a really good actor. He was in uh, Newsroom, and I really liked him in that. And I think everything that he does on the show is actually really good. But they give him nothing to work with. He's basically there just as a, hey, this is Lucius Fox, everybody. <laughs> you know who that is. He was played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and it's that is just, the main reason for his <laughs> I'm just – it's so frustrating when they get like – when they make a big deal about casting Harvey Dent. They make a big deal about you know recasting Poison Ivy because she's yeah. older and she's a redhead and now they're going to do it yet again for a third time or a second time uh, recasting her. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like you know there's a few villains that they've brought in and I think they've done okay – an okay job with i think for the most part like mr freeze they've done a decent job yeah he's oh. he's pretty much a lackey at this point but 
they at least developed his character so you understood who he was. He yeah. appears every once in a while in, in the show, but, like, you don't have to keep focusing on him. Like, there's so many of these characters where they just introduce him. They don't even give them an arc to actually develop, and then it turns into nothing. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I really wish they'd stop doing that and stop going the route of, now we have to have Tommy Elliott. Now we're going to Jonathan Crane. But then the character is going to exist for a short story arc, basically the equivalent to a uh, story arc in a comic book with three episodes. And then after that, we're never going to see this character again because we're either going to A, kill them off, B, kill them off and resurrect them at some later date, or C, don't have them ever appear ever again on the show. It, like, I'm just tired of the formula that they keep using these characters. I look forward to the idea of, like, I walked into the show thinking it was going to be a cop drama that was going to be focusing on the police department. I didn't have any idea that they were going to bring in, you know, villains. I figured at some point they might bring in some villains, but not to the extent that they actually have, and not to the point of, you know, doing what they've done with some of these characters. You know, the the, the entire thing with Bruce Wayne, like, I know we're going to get to that, but the, the entire thing with Bruce Wayne from the very beginning has been like the slowest, slowest story at pace just because they, they, they don't know what to do with him. You know, now they're actually doing stuff with him, but it, it for so such a long time, it was like he was lucky if he even appeared in the episode, like just make him a supporting character who only appears in a couple episodes instead of just having him pop up in his pantry every couple episodes. Hey, uh, that is an interesting talking Boy's point. Boy's got to eat. Jan, Jan what, what, <laughs> what do you think about the, the character inclusion in this show? The character inclusion? Um, I came in here thinking it was going to be like Gotham Central. Like when they first announced it. And then I saw like, then I was like reading everything you posted on your wall about it. And I was like, oh, wow, this sounds like a train wreck. Um, But I had a friend who was like super into the show and she was like super into Riddler. So I had like straight up feed like Riddler, Riddler, Riddler all over my feed. Um, So I was solid on that. And um, I didn't know anything else about it. And then I started watching the show. And it was sad. Several regrets later. <laughs> They're all so down on this show. Like even even after like a good episode, like, it was like, wow, that was a good episode. But this we're talking still about like when I started, though. Okay, fair enough. I was angry for like about uh, a season and a half, but about like halfway through the second season, I was just like, well, at least the story is kind of consistent, more consistent than the first season. Uh, and then I got into the third season and around the back end of the third season I had no idea what was happening because there was just so much they like to um, I don't know like when they get to the finales they usually stack like this is the one thing I love about this season um, when we got to this mid-season finale everything came together and I could see what everything was how everything affected everything else in the first three seasons, when you had your mid-season finale and the finale finale, uh, for me, there was just so much crap going on. I couldn't tell who betrayed who or who died or what was happening because there were just so many people. Like, I, I could barely, like, uh, keep up with it. Now that when I look back and we discuss it, it's easier to figure out what they were doing-ish. But 
uh, yeah, there are there was just way too many people, and now like there's a lot of people, uh, but they do kind of um, gel together better because it looks like the writers have found a way to like make everything work. And mostly, I'm just gonna say it: it was Sophia this season who brought it all together because, yes, okay, because she's hot with her with her blinging neck brace. Okay, not only did she like slay, but she like. Slayed. I see what you did there. Literally, she slayed her dad. So, <laughs> Slayer. And I'll. I will agree that she does. She did bring a lot of the elements together, and I can see that they're. She's going to continue to do that because she's going to. You know, we're, we saw in the promo that she's going to be involved with Lee, and you know, like you can definitely see that she is kind of like the connection between all of these different characters, which is, which is good because it actually makes a legitimate connection instead of just bringing somebody in like last season with the, the virus and having Lee and, um, and or Gordon being involved with Lee and, uh, Mario to begin with, just because just for the sake of the virus, like, you know, like that's a stupid plot point. At least this is an actual person where you're seeing it play out. It works out well, and I think that I, I definitely agree. I think they've they've done a good job of you know having that character be the the linchpin for everything. Yeah, she was just uh, yeah. well I'm said. Just, I'm just <laughs> I'm just so happy with like how they wrote her. I mean, you guys were just like, uh, whatever. I mean, she's not really doing anything. She did a shit ton. They just didn't which, mention it because it needed to come out at the end. Which which character, Sophia? Yeah. Okay. Um, she did I so I... much, but you couldn't. They couldn't tell you earlier what she did until this moment, like the whole Laszlo thing, uh, the whole worried about the death of her father, the whole. Oh uh, my god, she's just so. Ugh. I remember turning on her so hard last episode when she tried to kill Martine. Hey, yeah, I remember. You said that you were going to hate her forever. Yeah. Which Crystal Reed did an interview where she said that like she didn't think that Sophia would have really killed him. She she said that like you know she was like bluffing and that. She looks legitimately surprised when Penguin fake blows Martine up. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Bruce Wayne and Alfred plot line, uh, even though it was like you know kind of predictable with what happened, I preferred the one from a few weeks ago where like they went camping because that one to me felt like more real, where you can see Alfred really trying to reach out to Bruce in a real way that all of us have done in our life when we have like a friend or a loved one who's going through something and they're pushing us away and Bruce legitimately being in pain, but like just making bad decisions and acting out this to me felt like a little more like vilifying Bruce. Whereas like the last time I, it, I felt Bruce was more sympathetic last time where he's almost villainous here. Like, you know, plotting against Alfred and like, you know, yeah. like I'm going to get you arrested for beating me up, which I, I feel like Bruce goaded him into the fight just so he can get that scar. And then like, yeah, which um, I, you know, I, yeah. I I definitely agree that that is exactly the way it seemed. But the one thing that I had a concern with is I don't like I know that Alfred can punch, but it seems a little far fetched that he got that massive lump on his face from just one punch to the face. I was as far fetched. Have you ever been knobs. punched in the face before? Uh, actually, yes, multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> with or without gloves? Oh, without gloves. Oh, God. Remember when Alfred punched Selena in the face in season two? (laughs) Yeah, she deserved that. She didn't end up with a lump in her face. 
She deserved that. She has a <laughs> Continuity. <She's a> <laughs> Take that. Well, I, I think Alfred was like being more like reflex and like acting out in anger because like you know Bruce headbutted him. So whereas with Selena, maybe he pulled that punch a little bit because he knew that this was like you know a young girl and like I don't who know. shoved his best friend out of a window. His best friend who stabbed him. Yeah, <laughs> British. Yeah, yeah. She was only at half. He was only at half capacity when he punched her. I see it in Reese. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I have nothing more to say about the, 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 that plot line because I, I really was like, I like I like the overall outline of where they're going, but I was disappointed that like this felt like a rerun on the last episode or two. I didn't feel like he was being villain, like he was being turned into a villain or anything. Though. Oh my gosh, his face at the end when he's at the club and he looks at the camera like, Mwah-ha-ha. yeah, he looks like he Thanos. That whole, I, I hate myself that. face. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Really? Yeah, like. Oh, interesting. I like he was like relishing his evil. I, he, he didn't look like you know, like I'm so messed up, crawling in my skin or anything like that. As well, someone who's some... actually felt the emotion that I felt that he had on his face, yeah, he was. He was like, he's like, I'm supposed to be enjoying myself, but I don't enjoy myself. Like everything still sucks. I'm drinking. I'm supposed to be having the time of my life, and I am not. He he. To me, it looked like he had a suffering face. Yeah, I. I would actually agree. When I saw it, I I actually thought it was more of like a I'm lost and I don't know what to do because I cannot change this. And what he did in Alfred, Alfred, even though, like Josh said, you know, he does come across as not a villain, but in a villainous manner that he did what he did. Like he purposely planned this out so that he would be in a situation where he could get rid of Alfred and Alfred really wouldn't have a choice in the matter like that did come across as like a little bit too planful of it and very villain like, but at the end when they show his face and he's in the, the, the party, I got the same feeling that he just was, you know, he is like super pissed about his life in general. And it's not that he's, you know, it's not that he's not having any fun. It's not that he's a villain or that he's, you know, straight up bad. It's just that he's just not happy with his life. What's this? You can't fix it. Dustin and Jen both against me. And I, I, I'll have to rewatch it. I, I may have. I may have. I do remember. It. I mean, it's it's just a matter of interpretation too. I mean, like you could look at it either way. I mean, I could see the perspective that you're saying too. It's just it comes across as like it comes across differently for you know different people depending on you know probably their own. Life experiences, experiences in life, yeah. Well, I, I, I do remember now that you guys are mentioning it, like like the scene slowing down and him kind of him kind of slowing down and, and not really doing anything as it ended. So I'm gonna have to rewatch it again, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he just he did not look happy. It, it looked evil to me, but your mileage may vary, and and that was like when I had the theory. Oh, maybe Roz is inside of him. I don't know. Like, oh wow, wow. yeah, no. How did how did What's he wrong get with your from vocabulary inside of? Barbara into him. I don't know. There's just so much weird stuff going on, and all we can do is guess. But yeah, um, that was the the only thing I wanted to say was that I didn't feel like he was being a villain at all. I just feel like he's still struggling, and the spiral is never pretty. You don't just like suddenly start becoming a good person for like two seconds and then go back to being bad. No, you continuously make bad decisions. He got his revenge. He's feeling empty and unsatisfied. He broke his rule, uh, and. And he doesn't feel like he really even did anything. 
because you know when you're like the hero in stories you're supposed to like you know feel good like i saved the day i saved the universe i saved the world and he's just all like i killed somebody I do, like the, I, I do like the fact that they're just continuing to, to deal with it, though, because that's like the only way that you can kind of do this story. I felt he was more sympathetic, like, the, the last time he was on, though, where Ish. I said he was more sympathetic, like, a few weeks ago, where, like, now he's, like, and it's funny because fandom is, like, angry at him. Um, uh, something happened on The Walking Dead last night, which I, I won't say, and, uh, and like, Davi Mazal's, like, posted on Twitter, like, oh, how could they have done that to blank? And, like, fans were like, responding to him, how could you have done that to blank? How could you have done that to Alfred, you ungrateful, you know, crash? <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> and then, like, Sean, and then Sean Pert, we, like, uh, after the episode aired, he posted, like, oh, look at these pictures of me and Master B, so happy. And Davi Mazal says, I fired you. I didn't give you permission to post pictures of me. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, he says, I fired you, scum. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Which, I love how they are on social media. Like, you know, like they legitimately seem to enjoy each other's company and enjoy doing this show. Uh, so, you know, that that's fun. My thing about Bruce, like this entire season has felt like a little disjointed. We started off the season with him downing that, you know, vigilante mask and the, the proto Batman suit as everyone was naming it online. The thing, the thing that I have is they went from that to, him going straight to the the Playboy route, which was set up to get you know involved with the stuff with Ra's al Ghul and that whole situation, and then the fallout from Ra's al Ghul. But like, what was the whole point of the setup of the the proto bat suit if this is where they ended up? Like, it feels like they had a plan, but they needed to like everything actually feels like a a, a stepping stone for his character, except for that proto bat suit. And it just feels like they started out at the end of the last season with him on top of the stupid building, hinting at it, and then they just needed to wrap that up somehow by doing it. But they never actually wrapped it up. They just transitioned very poorly into the storyline with Ra's al Ghul and just having him, you know, act like the playboy and then eventually become like the full fledged jerk playboy that he is now with. Now that he's in, he's suffering from or dealing with the 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 fact that he killed Ra's al Ghul, but. The thing that I, I guess I want to ask you guys is like, do you feel like the proto bat suit was just like fan service? Because I don't feel like there was any purpose for it oh, whatsoever absolutely. at this point. Well, I, I, I think that the the um uh, the writing is sound. Where at, it, it, they were fast forwarding his track to Batman, and then hitting that kind of impasse, it's like you know, there's, there's gonna, it's going to take a lot to kind of really become that. So I think that like it is, it's not inconsistent in that case. It is. I can see where they're trying to go. Um, I, I think I stepped on Jan. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that um, I think that because they did that whole temple shaman thing and he had like all that amazing training, they did that pretty early on. I mean, he still has a way to go, but he now has like all these fighting abilities that he didn't have before that whole uh, Court of Owls temple training uh, acupuncture memory needle thing. Nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, nonsense. Um, and then, so they were pretty much, it looked like they were fast-tracking him to becoming Batman. So when they gave him the suit, it was just like, okay, this is how they're going. And I was like, they need to, they're going to have to f- figure out a way to slow this down somehow. Because otherwise, he's just going to be Batman by the end of, like, the season or the end of the next season. 
And um, the fact that he killed Raish like puts a dead halt in it, which gives them like a more extended time to bring him back up to becoming the man he needs to be. So that gives them like an extra padding of time. So it, and then also it's like, um, what is the word? A tangible symbol of what he wants to become the man he wanted to become like grow up and be and the person that gotham needed gotham needs rather because we all know it's not james gordon not the hero he deserves (laughs) (laughs) well i do i do think at least gordon's motivations are more like in line with his season one ones this season thank god but yeah it's and those first few episodes where he was the black blue blur and stuff it was it was the same story beat each time where like he would go out and do something, then he'd be about to die, then Alfred would save him. That happened like two or three times. But that was good though, so, like, because it, he's it, still yeah. young. Yeah, I, I think that's but fair. Was, that's fair but, game. But it was because, the same like, thing. No, but I, I think that like in those instances, you got to learn to escape stuff by by, by getting into traps. Like even, even if it's the same thing, yeah. like I think that's actually kind mm-hmm. of necessary for his for his personal uh, yeah. storyline. Yeah, but if he keeps on doing the whole black blue blur thing, like it will be kind of like the last few seasons of Smallville where like, you know, okay, just just call yourself Superman at this point, you know, like <laughs> um, No, because he still has to learn. I mean, Batman right, but, but, went through a but, but, lot but of training before becoming Batman. Years, yeah. If he's dressing up like a vigilante for a few years on the show and like going out and like arresting people, then at that point it's like, okay, you know, like just who are you kidding at this point? So It was a thing I'm, where like they, they kind of cheated because he's doing stuff that he, that it, Canonically, he shouldn't—he shouldn't have an idea of what to do until after you know years of training. So, like, like, like he's—he's he's not really traveled the country at all, which to me is, is kind of. He's been to Switzerland twice. <laughs> Very funny. But the thing is that that's that's a good point. I mean, like, honestly, like, if they they wanted to go the route of him like getting to the point of becoming Batman, and even if they wanted to start this like much early in his life. Depending on who you ask, you know, now he's somewhere in the age of like 16, 18, depending on who you ask, you know, because there's this whole theory of whether or not each year of the show is actually just one year because he's he the actor, David, has had a growth spurt himself. So he's grown a lot in just a few years compared to the little boy that we saw in season one. So the thing is. The the question is, you know, how old is he really? And if he's at a certain point, like, why not have him, you know, go all over the, you know, start start his travels and stuff and, like, just have Alfred go along with him for a while. And then eventually he realizes that he needs to split up, you know, down the line multiple seasons from now. Like, you could have him just be this side character. Like, the thing is, like, it feels like, the stories are limited by the area that the stories have to take place in. That feels like that, like so much, also the television and so budget. often. It, yeah, yes, budget. that's true. That's true. But let's let's think back to season one when they made a massive, big deal about that giant GCPD headquarters that they made. When they didn't need to make that giant headquarters, and how we they spent practically probably the entire production budget for sets on that one thing that yes they've obviously gotten a lot of use <laughs> out of but how how long do we see bruce wayne never leave his den because we've of, really seen bruce of wayne's that, bedroom i don't think 
No, we haven't. Wayne Manor is just the library and like the kitchen, like pantry the, and, room. And the only other thing we've seen is the 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 swimming pool that one that one episode. Oh yeah, that's right. They do have a swimming oh, pool. Oh god, there was a swimming pool. But that's it. I mean, or, there's, also, there's also the greenhouse or whatever it is because that's where they were fight, uh, oh, yeah. fighting. But like that doesn't happen very often. It always ends up being the kitchen or the yeah, den. The kitchen. The kitchen. I do remember a staircase for a once, giant banner yeah. that is as big as it is. That kitchen is awfully small to be serving potentially hundreds of guests who come. In fairness, for, how many times did we see like, like like the kitchen or Lex's bedroom in his mansion? On small. That's true. I'm not arguing about that. I'm just arguing. Well, that's true, but I don't know. Just... It could be like the servants' kitchen. That's true. Of which yeah, he has yeah, yeah. Like in Downton Abbey. But for whatever reason, Bruce Wayne is always in that servants' kitchen. Real but talk. It's... When Don and I spoke to the producers right before season two, and we asked why Gordon doesn't have an apartment, they said that they spent all their money on the Arkham Asylum set, and that's why Gordon was homeless. <laughs> yeah, which, I'm, yeah, and I don't, I don't doubt that. I mean, the Arkham Asylum said I don't understand where the money went because, like, GCPD headquarters. I could honestly say it's a, it's a decent set. I mean, like, it's a, you know, like there's lots of different a, a, a areas that they can go in. There's Gordon's office. They've got that balcony that overlooks everything. Like, they've got that's it a looks nice like it's from set. the '40s, which is kind of cool. It's yeah, it's a nice set, but like. There's nothing else, and like every time they seem to add something, like this year they added the whole uh, Barbara's hideout, which yes, that actually looked really cool. And the fact that like all the walls, you know, turned and all the guns came out, that was cool. But how long did that really last? Like it was in like two or three episodes. How much money did they spend making that that set, only to not use it now because they're not having anything to do with that that. You know she's she's now part of Falcone's uh, crew, and she has nothing to do with it. It just comes across as like I, I watch so many other TV shows that don't seem to have the same money concerns. There's another show on Fox called Lethal Weapon. They are never at the same sets ever, and I don't know. I, I don't understand why Gotham is so like limited on where they can go and what they can do, and why they continue to obsess over this like necessity of making it seem like it's taking place in like the 1940s 1920s but there are some technology elements that they they still have the 1920s jesus christ like i don't know i mean like it's just pretty sure it's the 40s because the 20s would have flappers (laughs) you're right well, and and every time Gordon like dreams about his dream family, it's always like this Leave It to Beaver thing where like Lee's dressed like you know she's like uh, it's not like, even you know, that late. It's, it's, it's it like my Beaver. three sons. Like Leave It to Beaver was in the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> she's got the classic hair and like the really she looks so pretty. Geely, <laughs> oh, nice. G- you think you think the commies are gonna get us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Truman. Wow. No, not if President Eisenhower has anything to say about it. Like, if honestly, if anything, they've backed themselves into a corner with the production aspect of the show just because they've got this weird time frame that they're always stuck in. Like, all the cars look like they're from, like, the early 80s, late 70s. Except the Ford Focus. <laughs> they, they, they had to have a necessity. <laughs> but it's, it, but it, it honestly feels like because they have work themselves into this weird like time era that is non-existent in real life they basically have cost like they i don't know and the other thing that's really annoying is the lighting that is always happening whenever they're outside it always looks weird like 
they're di- like they're purposely making it darker than it needs to be. <laughs> it's overcast. You know, it's Falcon Twilight on that right before he died. Falcon yeah, he's like, like, it never is never sunny here. <laughs> or the sun isn't never Gotham shines. like? Isn't Gotham supposed to be like grimy all the time though? Not really. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like London in the 1940s where like there's soot in the, the air 60s. where nobody can see. Well, it, it, it does depend because, like, some people like you know, Gotham wasn't a, a crap hole until Frank Miller, which is like thirty years ago. Otherwise, it was like any other store. It just happened to have a really creepy name. But like, um, I mean, I think that like that, that Gotham does have the show. Gotham has personality because of this this nebulous, undefined timeline. But at the same yeah. time, it is a nebulous, undefined timeline, and we are asking questions like you know, okay, they don't use computers, but they have cell phones, but they don't use like. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not mad about yeah. it. But the it cell is. phone thing is drawn out because there's so many situations where they don't use a cell phone when they should, but you see them use cell phones for like the most unnecessary things in the world. But, but they, don't, they don't text <laughs> though. To me, it's, it's almost like a radio. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was well, I going to say? Homeless cop used a walkie-talkie when he and Bullock were talking when he was buried alive last season. Yep. Totally. Yeah, he did. I just go back to the fact that Liza was allowed to have an iPod, but like, you know, three years later, you know, Tabitha can't do anything better than like a gramophone. Yeah, there was totally either a CD player or a tape deck in um, Fish's uh, club in the first season when she was playing the opera. Well, and some of the songs that they've sung at like the nightclubs are like songs from like the last like at least 10 years or so. And there was... um. And there was the newspaper and one of the seasons that, like, did have the current year. But I do know that, like, when Martine was taking that test a few weeks ago, like, the date for the test said, like, Tuesday. Like, not the month <laughs> or the year. Like, <laughs> You said he turned the page and it was Wednesday all of a sudden? No, it was, like, you turned the page. I think it was, like, Friday, and then you turned the page and it was, like, Tuesday. It was, like, you, you actually went back in time. Maybe that's what's happening. That's why you go from, like, iPods <laughs> to, like, gramophones. We're actually going backwards in time, like... Barry Allen is like screwing things up and like not again. <laughs> oh, okay. And, now and, I remember I, what I wanted to say. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's because I keep going back like to um I'm going back to Bruce and I guess you can just edit this back in. But I'm gonna go back and talk about Zero Year again. Cause Bruce was a complete dick to Alfred in that storyline. So every time you guys are like talking about things, I'm like, I know it's new fifty two. Um, the worst but thing it's ever. like I actually really liked all the Batman stuff from that so um, but yeah like uh, he was like so bad to Alfred during that time so every time I see how Bruce is treating Alfred in this show it doesn't really ring to me as weird because it is right after he got back he's like I don't need to be Bruce Wayne I need to be Batman I mean, it's like a different situation, but he treated him exactly the same. Like, he's like, you need to go out. You need to, like, live a normal life. He's like, screw you. I'm going to do this instead and get out of my way. Like, he, he basically uses some of the exact same words that they use in the show in that in that time. So, to me, it doesn't feel – it doesn't vibe as something different or something weird or something out of character. I never. Thought, I mean, eventually – Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I never necessarily thought it was, and I think to that point, uh, when I remember the first half of Zero Year, yeah, he was just like, because Bruce was explicitly a younger man, 
before mm-hmm. he becomes Batman, and I think about that. I'm thinking about Batman Begins, where he gets making kind of a little bit of an argument. Like, I think it, it makes sense for the character when he's trying to figure himself out to rebel against, you know, the only authority figure that who could possibly exist, Alfred Pennyworth. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, because like, I remember, like, like in the first issue of Zero Year, doesn't like he like flip off like the Red Hood gang or whatever, like. Batman never does something like that, but but that's that's him in his twenties, so it's it's, it's yeah. a fair game. He's really young. He's uh, feeling himself. Uh, he's, I don't he's mind him having his uh, a, his calling or whatever. I don't mind him having a teenage rebellion, just as long as like you know, like I said, like a few weeks ago, where like I was able to kind of like feel for him, and like I felt that this was written more of like you know sympathetic to Alfred and not to Bruce. Well, sometimes, like, you know, Bruce is a dick. Fair enough. <laughs> we were just talking about that in, um, um, on Stella's show because we recorded, um, which will actually be out tomorrow, probably the anniversary show where, like, Batman was being a jerk to, um, uh, what's his name, Connor Hawk. Yeah, Green Arrow. So. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. like, here's the thing. Like, I always tell everyone, Batman's, like, my favorite. I love Batman so much. Batman, Batman, Batman. They're like, I f- hate batman he's like the worst and i'm like why he's like because he's a dick and i'm like that's why i love him <laughs> i mean he's not supposed to be he's not the he's not superman you're not supposed to like him i think you're supposed to like him <laughs> but like w- w- his, the way he comes off uh to certain people like he treats superman differently than he treats gordon the, differently the way he treats alfred the, differently the way he treats dick but like um he does have that thing about control which which tends to put people off, and it var- varies from writer to writer. Whether he's being a dick, or whether he's being insane, or whether he's being like, you know, just just kind of annoying. Like, and it's been flannerized for for sometimes, but it is a, the consistent thing about Batman is his 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 need for control, and like, yeah, he he tends he tends he can tend to like just not have the right social cues when it comes to like people close to him. Mm-hmm. Oh God, uh, yeah. I was going to ask if there was any thoughts about the promo, but I feel like we've, like, discussed most of the promo, like, throughout the episode. <laughs> Did we hit every note? Did we hit every... Well, what, what, one note that, that I, I guess I want to hit with it is I am glad that, like, we are going to finally see Lee, who's been in her own universe, like, almost, like, come together with the rest of the plot, because she is going to meet Sophia, her yeah. sister-in-law. Yes. So I was I was looking forward to that, and it doesn't... And uh, when I interviewed them at New York Comic Con, and I was like, I was like, you know, what, what are you going to do when you find out that your sister-in-law is with your ex-fiance? Like, Marita McCarran like did like a mock like what to me, and then I was like, she's like, nobody told me this. And then Drew Powell like, like laughed and said, oh yeah, I guess she is your sister-in-law. I never thought about that. To which Marita McCarran said, yeah, for like five minutes because homeboy killed my husband. <laughs> her, her homeless, homeless homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> she actually said the words "homeboy," which was I which was funny. <laughs> I was I was posting um because um um Jan's friend um oh what's her name uh, Kate Christie uh, uh Karen she was posting we were talking on Facebook about Justice League and I for, I'd forgotten but I love Marina McCarran's she voices Black Canary or she voiced Black she Canary. Does. And I thought she was she was a perfect match for that uh, character, and I, I I knew that for the years, and I mentioned this on this podcast, but I, I've forgotten that, uh, for a while. All right, so we don't know how long the break's going to be. Um, people have been speculating because there is a show, like some music talent show, that's going to be on for a while. So people are wondering if this is going to be like <laughs> is March it Final or Four April, with P Diddy? <laughs> I don't remember what it was called, but 
people are like speculating based on like the schedule for this like music talent show that like Gotham might not be back till March or April, um, which they have. When X Files came back, they did a long break like this too. It's great for podcast production because we're not editing in a new show every single week. But like you know, as a fan, it does take the momentum out. But uh, we're planning on doing some special episodes to you know fill in the blanks here and there. There's already <laughs> a few in the can. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they, they, they finally said spring. So it, to me, that says they're not coming back till at least April, which is like at least three months. I don't if know I about had, April. If, if I had to take a guess, I'd say mid-March is probably when we're going to see them come back. Which, last year, they came back for, like, two or three episodes, like, in between. And people were, like, really confused by that. They were like, and now tune in for the winter finale. It's like, wait, didn't we just have the fall finale? Yeah, like, exactly. So I don't think they're going to do that this summer. I think, honestly, we're going we're gonna to see it just like last year, how the season didn't end up, like, wrapping up until June I think it's going to be the exact same thing, like end of March, the the third or fourth week of March, we'll see it come back. Uh, I'm sure it'll stay on the same night, and it'll just run through all 11 episodes, probably the only, and I can't see anything coming up, because like because it's on Thursdays, it's not affected by any holidays, so there should be no reason why it can't just run final back half season. And one fair square and swipe. Yeah, they they always do what I call rally till till the finale. Where like, like once they come back, they do like every single episode to the finale. Which again, as a podcaster, exhausting. As a fan, it's great. Agreed. Yeah. Especially with my weird schedule. So whenever we'll be back, uh, we'll see. But until next time, this is Josh. This is Don. This is Jan. And this might just be the last time for Dustin. (laughs) We got a season finale in a few months. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. You got it. It's the Mario. The Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. Come on now, just like that. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. All right. <laughs> hey, Dustin. It's been a while. It has. I know we've been corresponding on on email and Skype, but it's been a while since I've heard your lovely voice. Most people don't consider it very lovely, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's very calming. Yes, uh, this is is Jan, our new uh, co-host on the Gotham Chronicle. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm sure they've told stories about how horrible I am. We probably imitate your voice at least once an episode. Pretty That's much, crazy. yeah. But it's it's not even like the imitation of your voice. It's like the imitation of um, Zach Batonte's imitation of your voice. Yeah. It's like, pretty traumatic. You, you remember like six or seven years ago, we did that like fake podcast where I was Apple and Don was Nick and Zach was you. Like whenever I imitate Apple or like you, I'm imitating like that version. <laughs> it's like SNL. It was pretty good imitation, though. It, it was caricatures. We, 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 we.
subject to them. How you how you been? <laughs> busy. Busy, busy, busy. Oh, in about 90 minutes, I'll have to switch from the laptop to the phone, and um, if, if we're still recording them, which we probably will be, and um, and like just wait outside of my night job, but I'm still able to record then because it's I just have to supervise this place while everyone is sleeping. So, um, but that's that. Any questions about? I mean, you've you've done this before, Dustin, but any questions about how this goes down nowadays? No, I mean it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's your show. You lead it. I I just talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have done this before. Uh, I am recording, so when you guys are ready. Okay. All right. This was Queen Takes Nights, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it was. Uh, and uh, Bruce and Bruce and um, sorry, hold on a second. What? Alfred. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like when you say, what? He's just yelling at me through the door. <laughs> uh. Did you ever watch The Office, Dustin? Uh, I have seen The Office. I have never watched it all the way through, but I have seen, like, a good chunk of the episodes. I used Did to watch it was not like you know they when they started syndicating it I used to watch it sometimes uh, before evening news which makes me sound so old when I say that out loud <laughs> do you remember um this is a tangent so I'll probably put this in bloopers or that but do you remember um the episode where they go to the dinner party at Michael Scott's house and that was when he was living with this girl named Jan you know no relation to our Jan and like it, she played. No, I'm sure it's exactly the relation to the, it's, yeah. it's the exact Jan that's right here. Uh-huh. Oh, hi. So, oh, hi. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, <laughs> your time with Michael Scott. Yeah, but do you remember that episode with the awkward dinner party? I, I did not. See, I have not seen that episode. Okay. They play this horrible song from like Jan's teenage secretary that she had an affair with. Um, the basic, and that, and that song became a meme. That The guy who sings that song is Harvey Dent from, uh, from Gotham. <laughs> Well, he was also in a. He was in Masters of Sex, the first two seasons of that show before that, and then he was in some show with John Lithgow on NBC while he was still actually being uh, credited as part of the full cast over on Gotham. I saw uh, that show. It's horrible. Yeah, it didn't last. I, I don't think. I'm, I'm pretty sure it got renewed for a second season, and it I is? was like, Oof. yeah, and I was like, but how? I thought it's, it was a limited series. I thought that's what it was, and that's how I thought he was able to skate by with you know doing that show because there's plenty of actors and actresses nowadays who are on multiple shows there's somebody who's uh one of the characters on last man on earth one of the girls is also on a show called white famous on showtime there's a lot of people who are on multiple shows on multiple channels i'm not actually i'm not actually serious there i was just it's just funny if you just say that yeah you want me to end the call and start again (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.